New Year from the CSP boys. We are back. It is the first show of January. I hope you are all having a lovely, uh, well, it's kind of hard to have a lovely uh, January. Rubbish month, let's be real about it. But uh, the CSP boys are back to make it a little bit brighter, even though the sun goes down at about half past the two. Uh, uh, I'm one of your hosts, Barry, joined as always by my ever dependable co host, first of all, Mr. Joe Tamner. Hello, happy 2024, everybody. It is the year of Jack Bauer, it is 24, and rounding out this trio here, I do have Mr. Paul Griffin. Hello as well. We have got... Before you go on, one. before you go on, Barry, you're sounding like uh, it might be using your laptop mic rather than your actual... Oh no, I, I just accuse you of it's doing bit, that. It's a bit roomy, it's a bit roomy sounding. Yes. Okay. Not, not read that intro. Uh, so, the listeners, you can have that. That's bonus. That's those little taste behind the scenes there. Oh yeah, it's kind of like when you're when you're like reading about a legendary legendary film and the, all the backstage strife. You know, of course, Daisy was using his laptop mic, of course, and it was very divisive. Uh, <laughs> we've got a lot of stuff to chit chat to you about. We've got our yearly awards, of course. We've got some news. We've got a quiz. We've got our fantasy league. Those of you who listened to the last show of 2023 will be greatly anticipating. Paul's got his little pencil and his pad, and he's got his equations going out. Uh, if you're if you're disappointed that math is leaving wrestling with the end of the Continental Classic, well, Paul's bringing that back, and we've got just an absolute bevy of uh, movies and TVs and games and things like that to uh, dive into. So uh, let's let's jump straight into it. First of all, boys, how was the festive season? Because of course we wrapped up about a week ahead of time there uh, since I last spoke to you. I had a lovely one. We we hosted here in our new humble abode with uh, with uh, the Barry Mam, and it was it was lovely. Have to give all the credit in the world to, to Brona for for cooking a, a absolutely comically sized turkey, um, uh, uh, and it was absolutely delish. And um, and it was it was uneventful in the best possible way. We had a, a lovely quiet Christmas at home. Uh, what about you, chaps? Yeah, very nice, very nice, very quiet. You know, quiet one. But um, yeah, it was nice. I got this hat that I'm wearing. It's very stylish. Um, it's mm. me this. Um, a bit cold in there, so I've got the old hat on. Um, yeah, other than that, put on about uh, 10 pounds. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> fascists have been in several years, uh, <laughs> plenty of time to lose that before next Christmas, absolutely. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, got the whole year ahead of you, so yeah, so it was, it was nice, it was relaxing. I don't feel like you really rest over Christmas though. Like, I was talking to my work colleagues when I went back, and I was like, I don't really feel rested, it's more like I've just had two weeks off and now I'm fat and lazy, you know what I mean? I'm not not so much rested as uh, just forgotten how to work, really. And now I'll have to go get back into the swing of it. But yeah, other than that, very enjoyable. Yeah, same, quiet. I got my little uh, Fitbit watch that I wear now. What's the heart rate looking like? Oh, I'm about to die. Um, <laughs> 160. <laughs> One hundred and eighty, <laughs> and I got my my comically big water bottle that I drink out of now. Oh, that's nice. It looks it looks like a. Is it supposed to look like one of the a jug? Well, it's got a little handle on it. You know how it's like, you know, you know the water fountains you would get in office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it looks like a, like a little jug. It's like not. A mini, it's um. Mini one it's a, t- a two point two liter bottle. Mm. One of them a day that'll do you. I'll be drinking out of that throughout the show, um. But otherwise. Yeah, nice and quiet. I think we've we, we we've said over the years we're not big resolution people. I mean, uh, uh, I think I'm torn between thinking like it's nice to work on yourself, but also 
don't torture yourself with insane, uh, you know, lose X amount of weight, give up this, give up that. You know, uh, I I always encourage the, the setting of like nice resolutions that don't involve punishing no. yourself. Uh, yeah. I, I got a lot of books for Christmas, which I did ask for. So I want to read more this year. <laughs> which I, did uh, I did ask for. Yeah, that's not me <laughs> passive aggressively. Like when, when you talk about how you got socks off people, you know. Oh, um, are you just opening his books? Like, oh, oh great. Book. What's this? Oh, Wuthering Heights. Love oh, that. Um, uh, but no, I got a lot of books. I got two. I got two bangers uh, uh, off Brown in particular. I got a, a book that I mean, anyone who enjoys video games is probably. I might be the last man alive who hasn't read it. Masters of Doom, which is about the creation of Doom, uh, which mm. is one of the more acclaimed gaming books ever. I have not read that, so I got that. The other one she got me, which I've started, and I think you boys might enjoy it based on what I've read so far, is the Last Action Heroes. This is written by I think he's still the current editor of Empire. I'm not sure, British chap. Um, mm. And it's basically, it is about the rise of the 80s and early 90s action hero. Your Stallones, your Arnolds, your Lundgrens, your Seagals, mm. your Van Dams, Jean-Claude, not Rob, sadly. Um, and I'm about halfway through that, and it, it is fantastic. It's got it's got the the tales of the backstage strife. It's got the, the humble origin stories. The There's lots of being pulled up by bootstraps. Mm. Uh, lots of acting like a mental person uh, in Hollywood, uh, um, uh, you know. And uh, also dives into kind of the, the political climate of the of the of the films as they were coming out. Really great stuff. So I'm, I'm going to try and make this a book year. I'll, I'll try and do semi regular book off here on the on the pod um, uh, uh, as we as we go through things. But um, yeah, any any resolutions from yourselves? Uh, just also the book off. Uh, no no album of the week this year, mm. which I'm missing to be honest. In those first weeks, it was nice to have a. A soundtrack to each week, but yeah, um, I'm going to do Book of the Fortnite. Excellent. Fa- failing already. <laughs> We're halfway through the first Fortnite. I've read 10 pages, so mm. we'll see. thing is, I'm reading a graphic novel, and I find those quite hard to read because I don't know how long you're supposed to look at the pictures before you sort of move on. I just end up reading the dialogue. Yeah. I don't think it's really the point of reading a graphic novel, but I'm... I don't know. It's not my. Yeah, I also I, I know what you mean. I I think you and I are perhaps overthinking it. I think the joy of, of mm. reading a graphic novel is just take it in whatever pace you want. You know, soak in all the art yeah. and all that. But uh, yeah, I would say if your brain has understood the point of the panel, you're yeah. good to go. And maybe later on you can go. Oh, that also looks nice. But just follow the story, really. Yeah, I'm so I try and look at the picture before I read the caption, just so I can. Ooh, yeah. that's yeah. what's happening. And then you get a bit more information. What do you, so, what do you yeah, mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, reading Bodies, um, which is the oh, graphic oh yes, 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 yes. The Netflix series was based on. Yeah. Mm. So I, was, I like the series so much. Got the got the book. Uh, yeah, it's very good so far. So. I have added that to my TV list mm. to get around to, based on your recommendation. Nice. Good old Stephen Graham. Um, I I got a few books as well. Um, not quite as as in depth as uh. That's what you guys are reading. But I did get a, uh, the Ultimate Manchester United quiz oh, book. Uh, <laughs> oh, who did, but all the questions are like, who did Gary Neville make his debut against in 1994? Oh, it was Wimbledon. You didn't know that? So it's it's, it's not really stuff you can work out. Or... Sounds like you're just not a big fan. I know, yeah. I mean, I, I knew that. I'm not really. Not anymore. <laughs> Too busy whinging. Oh, they lost the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this four-letter P word is often used to describe their recent performances. <laughs> Announce piss. <laughs> <laughs> 
football. There was a very good episode of this is uh, sorry, stick to football, the uh, Gary Neville's YouTube show. It was a quiz between him and Jamie Carragher against Ian Roy and Roy Keane. Oh, and my God, did they take it seriously? <laughs> very Car- petty, is very petty group of middle-aged men yeah. <laughs> arguing over every point. Carragher is weirdly good. knowledgeable about. He's very about good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I do get like every now and then on the old TikTok, I do get served various football things, but it is almost always like some sort of Roy Keane interview. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, where well, I I tweeted recently about this. I I hate the way the football punditry is gone. Mm. Um, it, I mean, there's a balance right between actual articulate analysis of of football and uh micah richards and um uh what's your man called who used to play for chelsea and liverpool uh sturridge daniel sturridge like list their top five football haircuts <laughs> oh yeah it's gonna be is it gonna be this is what it is content now. creation yes you know yeah um total wank yeah what about you boys? Another thing I see, although I just don't watch because it's just not my, my wheelhouse, but I'll just scroll across things every now and then. Like like Twitch streamers who like watch the games and do commentary. on You don't watch any of that. I don't quite. Oh, God, no. I mean, I oh, no. I, as someone who does that with video games, I will say I don't quite understand why you would do that with, with football. I, wouldn't you want to just watch it's not even but it's not even overlaid on top of the game it's just there there yes face. yeah for copyright people yeah. do that for wrestling as well but yeah the thing you you cannot say i i am also showing the match on this channel please come and watch because mm. you'll get you'll get uh, you know the fbi will shoot you you know and um, they'll send they'll send you to jail with that guy who who, who leaked the nintendo stuff and, and the gta hacker man um, I like how the only thing that you're guaranteed to go to jail for these days is like streaming <laughs> Premier League matches. Like you get you get sent to death row for that these days, and and nothing else. Like they find you within minutes. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like a whole team. It's like a dodgy box might as well be a nuclear weapon um, <laughs> these days. Anyway, uh, we have a hefty show for you coming up here. We've obviously got a lot of wrestling to talk about since we've been away. We also have our awards, and we actually didn't talk before we got started here. What way do we want to do the awards? We usually sprinkle, don't we? We usually sprinkle throughout yeah. the... Yeah. Do we want to do, uh, because the run sheet is so long, we'll obviously do the, the TV ones and the game ones and the movie ones in and the album ones in those mm-hmm. re- relevant spots. Do we want to do we want to knock out a couple of wrestling ones to get started, or will we wait until until the TV reviews? Or, or what are we thinking here? Do a wrestling one. Do a wrestling one. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll throw to Joe here as our, our master of ceremonies for the awards. If you want to pick a, a, an award here to get cracking. Uh, yeah, I will. Let's start. Oh, for fuck's sake, hang on. Sorry, I got my file open, but I use Notepad to store these things and now it's saying me too <laughs> restore changes restore files or reload new version and i'm like if i click any of these i feel like it's going to obliterate everything yeah I, i'm just gonna have to try and read like behind it right through it all right let's let's go with um uh flop of the year let's start off with a negative one well yeah let's just let's read well, the, the, way, the way i've done i've done mine is i've i've nominated three i've done like okay. a bronze silver and gold mm-hmm. oh, nice. and then for some of them i've done also a worst of the year but like there's no opposite of flop really overachiever no. i guess i didn't some of them i didn't no. bother um all right who wants to go first um why don't you go first then with your with your format okay well there were quite a few flops yes. this year uh, I'll, I'll give you my my um my bronze and silver because I have a feeling we're going to be unanimous on gold. Uh, I've gone Taya Valkyrie in uh, third. Yep, yep. Uh, came in and lost all her matches and then disappeared. Um, Keith Lee number two. Yep, I think that's fair. Number one, 
he hurt his ankles the other day, poor lad. But uh, flop of the year for me has to be Kota Ibushi. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, that is, we're not going to be unanimous. Uh, that was not my pick, but I, I, I think it's totally okay. fair. Yeah, and so, like, I guess he might be Dunzo or not Dunzo. Per- well, maybe not. I don't know. Per- maybe, I don't know, but he's definitely out for a while. Um, Yeah, bizarre. Um, I would suggest he's done as a top level as, a, as, as a if fighter, that wasn't maybe. already obvious. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, Poor lad. Every time, every time he showed up, he's been. And I think every time bad we had to worse, we were kind of going, uh, well, like you know, because he, because of course, when he showed up at Blood Gods, he was just coming back from an injury. So every time you're kind of going, okay, well, you, you know, maybe like next time, you know, uh, you know, maybe and no, um, I will say from mine. Um, uh, I would have to, uh, there was a couple of different versions of this thing I'm going to pick that I was going to try and put a pin on and say this version or that version or whatever but I think I I, I think the most succinct way to, to do it was I would say the devil storyline Um, uh, I, I you know I was thinking you know could I extend that out to MJF's title and I'm like ah, well you know, he had the Danielson match and he had some fucking bangers I'll, I'll cut him back there but I, I don't think anything anything fell harder on its face this year than that i mean in a year where AEW got a lot of justified criticism i think that is the thing that just did not mm. work at all and i thought they will talk about it for dynamite i thought there they made an okay attempt that let's try and salvage this on the way out fair enough but it was it was a mess along the way so so the devil would be my would be my flop for for the year the devil. how about you joe okay um i've got quite a few flops here so couple of WWE ones. So Co- Cody losing at WrestleMania, oh, yeah. which is was hilarious, obviously, but um, a <laughs> bit of a flop. It was even more so than that, Sami Zayn losing in Montreal. That is a bigger one to me, yeah. yeah. Because what was the point of doing it? Yeah. <laughs> why Why have the babyface just lose in this big hometown match? I get they want to preserve Roman Reigns, but then why, why go that way in the first place? Um, but most of my picks are AEW related, obviously, because I'm not watching WWE. Um, my flop, so Carter versus Danielson. From Forbidden Door. Okay. Wow. I know my, people liked it. <laughs> really? I I didn't enjoy the match. Maybe it was just late. It was following Omega Osprey. But oh, you watch live? Pretty, okay. Yeah, yeah. I did watch it live. I just couldn't get into it. And then obviously Danielson got injured. I just didn't think it lived up to the hype. I did watch the Wrestle Kingdom match though, so we'll talk about that later. Uh, MJF's title reign. Mm-hmm. I have to say overall started fairly well, but when you look back at what actually transpired, a bit of a flop. Um. AEW Fight Forever. Oh, Remember when that came great out? Shows, great shows. <laughs> and I paid 50 quid for it. Oh. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't like wrestling games anyway, so I was never going to play it that much, but mm. it just The people was... who do don't like it anyway either, so you're you're, no. you're in the It had to it had to come out of the gate with a really good product and they just didn't. Mm-hmm. It was just poor. Um Kota Ibushi, I have to agree with Paul, mm-hmm. had that on my list. I mean, God, the guy is obviously injured. I think he's past his prime, but when I, whenever he seemed to wrestle, he tried to do these moonsaults off the middle rope and he fucked up every single one. Stop doing that. Yeah. <laughs> just just change your style if you can't do what you used to do. Mm-hmm. But that was a big flop. Um, but I'm going to give my flop of the year to the Double or Nothing pay-per-view 2023, oh. um, which I attended live yes. in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, okay. it was not good. It was probably the worst AW paper you have seen since the pandemic era. Mm. Um, this was the the four way pillars pillars yeah. pillars thing. Oh, very good match, to be fair. Quite a good match, but the, the build up was terrible, and the rest of the card was just not good. It was it was a strange pay per view. I think they corrected after that, but for me, the fact that obviously I went to it and it was my first AEW yeah. show, 
I was very excited for it, and it was it was just not good. Yeah. So that was my my flop of the year. Okay, good collection of uh, of of flops there. Um, yeah. Okay, interesting. Um, do you want to do another, or we barrel on through our other features here before we uh, do another? Mm, should we do a positive one? Sure. Let's do a positive one. Yeah. Uh, what have we got? Gimmick of the year. Gimmick of the year. Interesting. Okay, why don't we go reverse this time and you start with you, Joe? Yeah, I've actually lost most of my gimmicks because it overwrote the file. But anyway, <laughs> I've got two. Um, number one, Swerve Strickland mm. um, with his kind of psychotic home invasion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Trying to, oh, my GTA inspired gimmick where he, you know, it, I think it's worked incredibly well. Uh, it's got him over massively. One of the most over people in the promotion. Uh, weirdly, Prince Nana, you could also give gimmick of the year to his nice, dance. Yeah. And the weird thing is, they're completely at odds with you. You've got two guys with these incredibly over gimmicks that are completely di- dichotomy to each other, um, which is slightly weird, but they both both work. Um, and then other than that, I would give it to the... I think I'll give my gimmick of the year to the Brochachos. The early run of MJF and Adam Cole before it got a bit tiresome and unfunny. Those first yeah. like few weeks or month or so was just really, really good. It was kind of must-see TV for me for like a few wow. weeks at least. The matches, the, you know, the promos were quite funny. Mm. Not for everyone's taste, but I thought they did a really good yeah. job. I would say quite a light year on, the, yes. on this front for me, I, which is probably speaks to AEW's problems. I've got a lot of good matches of the year, but in terms of characters, gimmicks, moments, I found it a bit hard to... To, to find stuff so yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the interesting thing with the with the the brochachos and, and the devil to barry's point in the last award is i wonder had adam cole not hurt his ankle uh at grand slam what direction that would have gone in because i feel like the mm. devil was almost a, a reaction to that where okay we we want adam cole to ultimately turn but he's he can't walk around he can't do anything we have to h- almost hide him behind this mm. f- facade so yeah. anyway Possibly. circumstance um, I'll throw out two honourable mentions here. I will also say Swerve Strickland, and I will also throw out an honourable mention to Julia Hart for I think ah uh, yeah that's the one I lost spooky Julia Hart uh, doing a you know a, a a more compelling version of the kind of House of Black thing which I don't think any of us were super mm-hmm. into so shout out her my winner though not not the most outlandish gimmick I will say but one I've thoroughly enjoyed and it's Samoa Joe the King of Television. Mm, um okay. just for being a, a a shit talking just for kind of being Samoa Joe to be perfectly honest but that's that's uh um that's what I like out of likes out of my wrestling is is characters like Samoa Joe and I don't think anyone's doing it quite like him um yeah and I thought the the the, the king of television was such a clever uh, a clever uh, play on his two titles he had there for a while so yeah uh yeah. Joe for me what about you Paul interesting I've gone uh, number three Swerve Strickland and in a in a grander scheme, the Mogul Embassy. Yes. Who I think have all benefited from the uh the reboot after uh Parker Boudreaux and got rid of the heavy whatever his name was. Craig. <laughs> yeah, it was something like that. Um so I yeah, Nana and Swerve and the whole all the boys. Uh number two, I've gone for not quite a new gimmick, but uh the best it's done. LA Knight over in the WWE. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and all that stuff. <laughs> all that stuff he says. Uh, number one though, 
mad that he hasn't appeared on, on either of your guys' lists. The highlight of the week for me, whenever he comes out, is Christian Cage and the Patriots. Oh, I, I actually, yeah, oh, I feel embarrassed that's... I didn't say that. <laughs> oh, that's another my one God. I had written down. And the whole, the whole crew is, well, when, when, what, when Mother Wayne goes on, on, on TV, this like, because you're booing me, a mother. <laughs> this is so ridiculously good. <laughs> Christian Christian Cage gimmick of the year. Uh, even though it crosses over into last year, this year every week he comes out. I'm like rubbing my I hands. I think speci- specifically my what I had written down was him telling people their father was dead. Yes. That was the gimmick of the year because it got to the, the gimmick point where the people. Father, yeah. It got to the point where the crowd were like popping for him, <laughs> knowing he was going to say it. I mean that is yeah. amazing. It's like one of the rocks got traced. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's it's such a simple thing. But he's kept it fresh. You know it it. it doesn't feel worn out because he kind of slightly mm. changes and modifies and he's brought in his own family now he is the father the titan tron with loving compassionate father <laughs> right. oh lovely stuff so yeah that's their uh gimmick of the year which is always a fun one um, not as many gimmicks these days but I, I do i like that we honor them uh so before we switch over to our features for the week did, did, did any of you oh. watch um go on let me just try out my worst gimmick of the year. Oh, sorry. Ir- yeah. The uh, the ass-eating Iron Savages. <laughs> oh, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. that was uh, that was your bugbear of the year. Um, Before we segue over to our features, did any of you watch the Rock segment on Raw this week? Yes. I So I watched most of Raw, would you believe? Um, uh, for... I, I did as well. Yeah, and I, I, <laughs> I like, I, it's kind of sound like a broken record, but I didn't even like massively dislike it so much as i watched it and i like a lot of people like me who just don't watch wwe anymore i was like i just don't like the way it looks and sounds and it's just not the production is just i I just don't like it it's just what like and i i I won't say the commentators are bad because they're just they they are so wwe like robots do you know what i mean like i think i think michael cole is Uh, i mean i think michael cole and wade barrett are fine when you turn over to smackdown and it's the irish fella and and who's the other it's one? Terrible. Yeah, Corey, is Corey Graves still on SmackDown? Corey, Corey yeah. Maybe. Um, so yeah, and like, I, yeah, yeah, yeah I wouldn't. But the thing is, I wouldn't even say the Raw lads are bad. It's just I, I just don't like that style of comedy. But anyway, we won't talk much about Raw because it was, it was like, it was all right. It was fine. I didn't like it. I just like it. The, the Rock segment, though. Let me, let me, let me t- talk about an alternate timeline where the Rock segment is tremendous, right? I think <laughs> if the Rock comes out and he's where were they, San Diego? And he comes out and he does. Finally, The Rock is in, uh, is comes back to San Diego, and he says, "I've just come back to ask." And then he does his final bit where he's like, "Where will I even be?" Head of the table. Yeah. If he just did that, I'd be like, "Well, that was great." Because the head of the table thing got a big reaction, and everyone knew what he was doing, and it was simple, and it was almost. If he just did that, it would almost be hearkening back to when Roman came out and just said, "This is my yard now." You know, what I mean? that, yeah, whatever, that yeah, would have yeah. to do in a match, which was great. But instead of that. They had to do this like 20, 20 minutes going on 85 minutes segment where Jinder comes out and starts slagging off uh, America. Because have you heard of this? World it's 2005 again. Muhammad Hassan is back. It's literally Sorry. just, yeah. And he does the thing where he's 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 slagging off America. And the, the, the really, the really th- uh, terrible thing, though, is like he's not he's not even getting a reaction. Obviously, The Rock making the save got a huge pop, of course. But he um he like recited some of the uh, uh, American national anthem in his own language. But, but no, no, no. But he did it in Punjab to get a heel. Like he talked a different language because yeah. that's what heels do. Yeah. It was like a time machine back to thirty years ago. 
But he, but the thing is, he did it, and he goes, "What do you make of that?" And because he, he didn't say what it was, and the idea, I guess, is that people would boo, and he'd go, "Aha, you booed your own anthem." But like nobody was making. I think this is almost, in a way, I think this is almost too effective because they were teasing a former WWE champion showing up, and it was either people were legitimately so disappointed it was him, or probably more likely. I think they knew, okay, the actual person is coming out to beat this yeah. man over. The rumor being Andrade, Andrade is done with AEW, so maybe people were thinking, okay, we're not going to engage with this because it's literally just a countdown until the actual person comes out. So Jinder goes on and on and on and on and on. Yeah, again, do, for, for like eight minutes. For like so like. long, doing this 20-year-old, if not old, I mean longer, long, old, ancient material about America. And then The Rock comes out, and then, I mean, it's modern rock. We've talked about it a bajillion times on this show. You know, it's just, it's just talking about his balls and doing rah-rah America and, um, you know, with his big, like his big goofy smile he does now. And it was just so perfunctory and it just, it, it, and it, it went on for, I know they're not going to waste a rock appearance by having him be out for 30 seconds. They're going to milk it for like a, you know, over, it's like two quarters. It felt like, like probably two separate quarter hour segments, that entire thing bled across. But man, it was rubbish just to get to like the actual part I thought was pretty decent, which was him teasing the Roman match. Um, man, I, <laughs> I just, it did not get me in the mood, even though I, I think that's, a, that's an interesting feud. I did, the That whole segment did not get me excited because I was just like, God, if they're going to do this stuff with The Rock, which they're probably not every week, but man. Yeah, what did you make of it, Paul? I'm a little bit more positive on it because I, I just find... I've gone through this thing in the last few weeks where I'm Mr. Positivity on wrestling, where everyone complains immediately about everything. And I'm like, no, The Rock's back. It's a good thing. But (laughs) But it is a good thing that he's back. You know, that's fine. We had seven years without The Rock and it was shit. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I broadly agree. Um, But just that he went on and on and on and on. And he's doing the Iron Sheik. He's talking to the heaven, to the Iron Sheik. Bubba. All this stuff. It's a little bit. A little bit wild. Um, one thing that The Rock still does better than anybody, though, is getting the crowd involved. He, where, he, where he has the crowd, half of it doing, I forget what the, some shit. It was, it was something rubbish. Cabinet. It was something dumbass, wasn't it? Something uh, something douchebag. Something douchebag. douchebag. That was, was like, I can't remember what You guys say, and you guys say douchebag. And it's like, okay, that itself was lame. Why is there no one in WWE doing, like, crowd interaction like that? It seems like such an obvious. The first person who does it will suddenly be like L.A. Knight levels of old. Let's think. Yeah, it's L.A. Knight, isn't it? He's the he's the one. He's the one, and I had him as high gimmick of the year, but not necessarily because what he's doing is good or revolutionary. But he's the one doing it. Yeah. Something that seems so obvious. Why have we gone twenty years without somebody coming up with a catchphrase? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was uh, yeah. Rock is back. They're going to do the Roman match. Um... So when do they do that? You reckon WrestleMania? Uh, uh, WrestleMania, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I saw people saying they're all. Ooh, this... Sorry, sorry, Phil. Yeah, sorry, Phil. Well, I think Phil. No, Phil's going to beat Ro- uh, Seth for the for the the the. Oh, yeah, he's yeah, going. He's, he's going to be the Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn on night one, which is yeah. the real, which is, yeah. the, which is the real main event. People are sorry, people are and people are are lolling at Cody Rhodes somewhat justifiably. It is very funny. Don't get me wrong. I, I maybe I maybe maybe I'm sipping Paul's positivity juice. I, I do I think I do sincerely think Cody will beat Roman. I uh, maybe I'm a buffoon, but I I do think they're just kind of like we are swimming in money right now. They're hotter than they've been in 20 years. They have zero reason to rush it. They can do the rock match now, make 70 bajillion dollars with it 
and their audience will still like Cody next year. Like I, uh, you know, yeah. will it? I mean, for me, is that way too long to drag a story out? Yeah, but for their audience, I think I think they'll be there, and I think yeah. they will. I sincerely think Cody will dethrone Roman. That'll be very funny to yeah. look back on when yeah. he's dethroned by the rock in two months now that would be funny um he's cody's gonna clothesline roman reigns over the top rope like lex Luger. <laughs> yeah. the crowd yeah cody finish the story oh great uh yeah i think i think our phil is is, is wrestling seth anyway so that's uh that's wrestlemania starting to take shape here uh but before we dive into the rest of the wrestling uh, uh goff this week i do have a quiz gentlemen and this is a short quiz. I'm glad it's short because we have 7 million things to get to on this show. Okay. Yeah. This is going to be this is a very simple. This is just a general knowledge, trivia, back and forth um, uh, uh, quiz. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you get your answer uh, correct, you get two points. If you get it wrong, it goes to the other person. They can get it for one point. Okay. So I'm going to make a little note here for the scores. And it is, like I said, it's simple general knowledge. We'll take turns. So I'm going to flip. I actually have coin to flip. Oh, God, what a great show this is. The production values are through the roof. All right, uh, Paul, call it in the air here. Oh, heads. It is tails. Joe Towner goes first. Mm. Uh, all right. The name of the quiz this week in my best Roman Reigns voice is Acknowledge Meme. All right? Which is, this is going to be a <laughs> general knowledge quiz based on some of wrestling's uh, uh, long-running memes and jokes <laughs> and, and internet uh, quotables and things like that. Uh, for, okay. for example, were I to say in what beloved documentary did Dennis Stamp complain about not being booked, you would presumably give me the answer beyond the matter, is what yeah. I would hope you would guess. Anyway, so uh, these are varying difficulties. I think I've, I've kind of mixed up the difficulties quite well here. Some of them are hard, some of them are easy. All right, Joe, first question for you. What was the infamously poorly reviewed WWE pay-per-view where multiple wrestlers had to be replaced at the last minute due to, quote, elevated liver enzymes? Ah, um, I'm not going to remember to remember the name. It's the one with the Punjabi prison. Mm -hmm. And it was, I'll guess at like capital punishment. I think that was it. No, it was. Oh, I nearly said it. It was Great American Bash. I know it was Great Great American Bash. I think 07. I'm actually go- ah this it was oh six I don't know if should I give him a point oh, six. Okay. I don't know if I specified the, well, I didn't say the year in the question so I'll give you a point for that one Paul give him a little point bash, yeah. give, give him a little give point. him a little point it's Christmas come on uh, all right Paul your question here in wrestling's most mainstream meme a diehard fan declares to a panel of NWA NWA legends that it's still real to him damn it give me yeah. one name of a person that was on the panel he was saying that to. Cornette. Cornette is correct. Uh, Terry Funk was also there. A couple of other people there. They are. Stan they are. Lane. They are briefly in at the beginning of the clip there before the the gentleman has yeah. uh, his emotional moment. Uh, all right, back to Joe. Uh, in a widely panned promo, Babyface Roman Reigns once quoted which iconic cartoon character's catchphrase? Uh, that would be Sylvester the Cat. It is indeed Sylvester the Cat. Two points to Joe. Yeah. Hang on. Awful. Awful. Stuff. A legendary, Awful a legendary stuff. moment there. Uh, alrighty. Uh, so we are back to Paul. Uh, there have been a few. Uh, there have been a few minus five star matches in history, but only one inspired the famous high pitched soundbite from Brian Alvarez. Minus five 
stars. What was the match that inspired that oh, soundbite? God, I want to say I might be I might be totally wrong. I want to say it's Charmel against Jenna Maraska. You are absolutely correct. From Victory Road 2009, a very good pull there from Paul. That puts him up to five. <laughs> the pull points. there is remembering Jen- Jenna Maraska's name. Yes, indeed. Over to Joe. Mm-hmm. Following from that question, from what reality TV show did Jenna Maraska hail? She was a reality star before. She was a reality star. That's why TNA brought her in. Jesus. Um, Jenna Maraska. I do not know. I will say... Uh, what's that show called? The one that Miz was on? Like the real, li- the real Life. The Real World? Is that what you're thinking of? The Real World, yeah. It was not The Real World. Paul, do you know what? Oh, fuck. Was it Jersey Shore? It was not. It was Survivor. She was a Survivor. Oh. I know they brought in a load of the Jersey Shore. They brought yeah, in a ton yeah. of them. B-list. They, they've brought in so many reality people over the years. Uh, Survivor's still going, by the way. Like Survivor is like probably the most mm. successful reality show ever. Anyway, uh, this is going back to Paul. Kevin Nash's shoot interview quip, Motherfucker, not everything is about you, was allegedly <laughs> said to whom? And I'm just looking for who it was said to. No idea. I think it's a person you would conceivably guess Kevin Nash would say that to. Um, Hogan. It was not Hogan. Joe, you can steal. Bret Hart? It is Bret Hart. Joe with the snatch there. That brings- He would never say that to Hogan. Come on. <laughs> Too busy kissing his ass. So uh, over to Joe again. On that same quote... Um, uh, who is alleged to have said it? Because Kevin Nash was not saying it himself. Oh, okay. He was retelling a story where this person said that to Bret Hart. Uh, who would say that to Bret? Uh, is it an obvious one? Motherfucker, not everything. Oh, I just I got Shawn Michaels. It is not Shawn Michaels. Paul, can you steal? Uh, Ramon. No, this one, that, one's, that, that one's less obvious. That was The Undertaker, allegedly. Oh, uh, uh, sounds exactly like it. Shaw, he said it in a very sassy way as well. So, Shawn, Undertaker, and Brett were having some kind of, Brett was having some kind of, how does this make me look good moment? And, and Nash is talking about how Undertaker usually stays out of everything, but he turns to him and he says that, allegedly. Um, so, there you go. Final question here, and this one is yours, Paul. Uh, Lex Luger did battle with a too tight T-shirt in a beloved internet clip, but who is the actual opponent he was supposed to be facing at su- Super Super Brawl Saturday? Is that what it's called? <laughs> I don't have any idea. No idea um, at all. You want to re- lay, uh, throw out a guess? Luger would have been against Conan, and it's not Conan. Good guess, uh, Joe. Over to you. Mm, I'll say uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Hey, Leslie. Also a good guess. This is a tough one. Uh, if you've not seen the clip a million times, you might know it was Ron Killings. Would you believe uh, the truth? Yeah. Um, yeah. What kind of dis- despicable? Can you afford for me to wrestle Ron? I don't know. <laughs> and uh, Paul is our winner there with five points to three. Oh, well done. On the first well edition done, of Acknowledge Me. Uh, 
Uh, and with that, that with his good. victory like in his uh, in his uh, in his hands, he is now going to take us through the first week of our AE Dub Fantasy League. Am I the winner of that as well? Um, I'm going to send you guys a link in a moment, All right? Which will be where you can keep an eye on on the proceedings, and Ooh. I'm also going to share this link with the listeners if they're interested to see. The back end. I will say we do have uh, somebody out in front. Okay. The points are as follows. Barry is on 12 points. That's four points for Swerve Strickland, win on Dynamite. Tag team win for Dax on Collision. Okay. Singles win for Eddie on Collision, Eddie Kingston. Mm-hmm. And two points for a Rampage tag team win for Willow Nightingale. 12 points. I am also on 12 points. Okay. With uh, Sheeta win on Rampage, Chris Statlander tag win on Rampage, Darby losing on Dynamite, no points. Darby then getting a tag win and collision, and Sky Blue with a singles win and collision. And then out in the lead on 14, <sighs> two point lead is Joe Towner. Head of the table. <laughs> with uh, with uh, uh, Orange Cassidy win on Dynamite. Claudio Castagnoli and Adam Copeland single wins on Collision and Cash Wheeler win on Collision. For, uh, Wait, he for got 14. Copeland? Oh, sneaky. Yeah, Copeland at the end. So I'm going to send the uh, the link in our little Discord chat here okay. that you can bookmark and see. Because uh, there's a little... Something I've done here is I've not only put the scores, but I've generated how many matches each person has had, what the points per match is for that person, what their match frequency will be. So you'll be able to see over the course of the mm. weeks how frequent they wrestle. And then I've also calculated the scores for everyone else who has wrestled on any of the TV shows. So if there's any transfers that you might want to do in future, you'll be able to see yeah. potential uh, people to bring in their points, points per week, how many times they wrestle, the frequency, and so on. So I do say it is only week one, but does anybody want to do a transfer? No, I'm no, all right. I'm not. Not yet. I am going to do a transfer. Oh, okay. So how many? How many do we have? have? How many do we have each? You get you get five all year. Five all year. Five, You're burning one in the first four. week. This get a lot of this. I'm guy. burning. I'm burning one in week one. I'm burning one in week one. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna be uh, releasing from my roster. MJF. Okay. Oh, that's, that's okay. fair. That's fair. Yeah. And I'm going to be drafting to my squad, effective from today, Konosuke Takeshita. Okay, okay, good, good, good. The alpha. Are you updating your standings there? So that's. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll do it later. But that's the, uh, that's the, uh, the file. If you, if you've, you, if you click on the points tab on the file at the bottom, you'll see. Mm-hmm. Where all the data is stored. Nice. Alrighty. Good stuff. And that is the first week of the Fantasy League there. Paul, do you have an email as well before we segue into the wrestling reviews? I do have an email. I do have an email. Uh, and for listeners, I'll put the link to that file in the uh, show notes in the episode page on, on chairshotpodcast.com. Go click on the episode and it'll be underneath the artwork. Uh, yes, email is from Richard Ross. He didn't confirm if he is or is not. Is he? Are you Rick Ross? Just email Rick Ross of AW fame. You want big, big motherfucker. motherfucker. Um, 
Subject is only connect, which obviously we love here. Uh, mm. Hope everyone had a lovely festive period. There was a Boxing Day Only Connect special on TV, pitting a team of wrestling fans against darts fans. Oh, disappointed! <laughs> Real showdown for the ages. Uh, disappointed to see the team of wrestling fans weren't the fine hosts of this pod. We weren't invited for some reason. Um, the sequence round featured a wrestling question and was answered immediately by the darts captain for a whopping five points. A rare oh. They had to guess the fourth part of a sequence. The first and only part they needed was SummerSlam. Can you all get the fourth part with just that part two? I'm going to guess WrestleMania. It is WrestleMania. Yeah, I I would assume for for a mainstream version of only Lore Connect, they would (laughs) not be using uh, uh, wrestlers who've uh, worn yellow boots uh, six days out of the week in 1992. Yeah, the sequence was uh, big four WWE events in order from SummerSlam. So SummerSlam, Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania. Okay. Um. The wife of the darts captain exclaimed that she can no longer tell him off for ordering the pay-per-views, but I think she's fair to do so if he's ordering them for a whopping twenty quid on box office. Yeah, best. she's yeah, actually. Why, why does he not have the network? Dead right. Yeah, keep no, keep telling him he's got to learn. He's got to learn. <laughs> yeah, we don't have any uh, only Lork Connect. This so week. there was another one that they had that mentioned a wrestler. I'll give you the four clues. They were Paul. I think it was Paul the Apostle. Donkey Kong, Macho Man Randy Savage, and the T-800. Uh, God. Okay. It's not a too hard one, if you think about yeah. a couple of them. Yeah, is, is it like villains turned heroes or something? Yeah, it's oh, wow. uh, fa- face turns. Face Very turns. Very good. Was, uh, Very good. It. Obviously, Donkey Kong was the bad guy in the original. Exactly. And the Terminator. Arnie as well, yeah, from one to two. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Big only. only Thank you for the email, Rick. Thank you very much. And uh, we will jump here into the wrestling reviews. Uh, It seems like World's End was a million years ago at this stage. I didn't watch Mm. it. Seems like it was uh, on the low end of an AEW pay per view. It seems, um, uh, yeah, with the saving grace being the C two final, and mm-hmm. uh, I would say the last three matches. The I last three well. seems to be the yeah. really good. Yeah. I yeah, I did watch it live because I was like, yeah, it's during the holidays. Might as well, yeah. might as well stay up here and get that chance. I yeah, it, I hadn't seen the car. I hadn't watched Dynamite for two weeks before the show. I kind of just didn't watch Dynamite or Collision over Christmas. Um, so I. I didn't know what the card was until the day of the show. So I just looked at it and I was like, okay, that's the card. <laughs> Interesting. Um, the two eight man tags were kind of fine. Nothing. nothing yeah. The first one, I, the first one I thought was pretty good. One pretty good. good. The other one, yeah. not so much. Tony saw Riho, whatever. I, I quite enjoyed Miro and, and um, Andrade. I actually I did too. A lot of people were, people weren't that keen on it. Comparing it to Goldberg versus, uh, sorry, yeah, Goldberg versus Lesnar. Uh, what? Well, no, it was just a typical good kind of Andrade Miro match. I thought it was. Or did, did people want to act like that's what it was like because it was talking and one of them was leaving, you know? I know, it was so, so stupid. But yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, the Julia Hart match wasn't wasn't great with Abaddon, to be honest. Um, Julia Hart did a moonsault and landed like. It was like a Snoop Dogg splash. <laughs> where she landed <laughs> on her feet. 
She's really, she does. She's really good in the moon. She usually does very good. Lately, I mean, maybe not, just the the match not being great through or off a game off. necessarily, but yeah. Yeah, I I really liked the the Adam Copeland Christian Cage match. I yeah. actually thought it was really well done. I didn't like the post match stuff with the title change back. I thought that was yeah, pokey bullshit. I just I tell you what, I I. I was from day one of AEW. I always said, if there's a thing I would never do as that company, it would be Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank. I would never. Yeah. Now, doing it as a got a heel, doing it to the original Money in the Bank guy, I don't hate that necessarily. But if I was in the room, if I was if I was Tony Khan and I had final say, yes or no, are we doing it? I would say no. I was like, I just do not want any of that stuff. I just think it's so lame. Nah. Christian, the, guy, the next on on the di- following Dynamite, I, that wouldn't have been as bad. Yeah, if it had been like. Yeah, Luchasaurus gets a shot on the following Dynamite, and then Christian yeah. takes that shot. Okay, yeah, I can live with that. Like, I've give give Edge a three day title reign, but doing it yeah. straight after is just it's just lame. The kill it's just yeah. too much Ugh, rubbish. Yeah, Kingston Moxley was was really really good. Enjoyed that, and um, yeah. main event was okay. I I I, I would say it was a great match. Certainly, what not MJF's best match of this title reign. I think he's had like I think the um the Grand Slam match was better with Samoa Joe, um, but it was fine. And it concluded the the devil storyline as well. Thank, thankfully. So extra star for that. Extra star for <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> I didn't mind it, but granted, MJF is allegedly hurt and all of that. I thought it was. It was I I, I was good. shocked when I read the result, and then and then as you say, I was like, oh yeah. By all accounts, he's pretty pretty badly banged up. It seems so. Um. So yeah, I I, I think it makes sense yeah. for um. Uh, I like Joe as a transitional champion. Totally. Yeah. I don't think he'll hold it for long. No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we'll uh, jump over to Dynamite then, uh, which did kick off with the Adam Cole uh, talking segment. Uh, again, I, I, you know, I thought they he honed in on a couple of decent things that made sense about the MJF character, right, and, 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 and things mm. like that. Do I think it fixed it and suddenly it's a great angle? No, 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 no. I mean, I'm still very much in the camp of why didn't you just beat him when you were having your, your friendly, teary-eyed contest in Wembley. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't think it was a saving grace, but I thought as a way to try and get stuff back on track, um, I thought it was fine. You know what I mean? I, I'm kind of, I kind of looked at it and I was like, let's stick that in the old rear view and, and, and move on. I did like, though, that even though I, I don't really like the, the devil aesthetic, I think, is kind of lame. But if he's going to be a heel, I'm glad they ditched, seemingly have ditched the song that everyone likes to sing along yeah. to. I mean, that's of course they had to day one. Her. You got to do that, yeah. you know. Um, uh, so, so yeah. What did you boys make? Yeah, sadly, they haven't ditched Roderick Strong going Adam. Yeah, but he's not doing it for comedy now. Now it's now it's something else. I I would have I would have almost hand washed or hand waved that away as oh they were acting goofy as a as a ploy. You know. Yeah, stop doing stuff that's over <laughs> when you're a heel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like the not Prince Nana dancing. Why you trying to make the man a heel? He invades yeah. people's homes, and his manager's doing an over dance. Just like don't don't, don't talk bad about the dance, Joe. Yeah, let, let, I, let I'm saying I'm saying he should do the dance, but then Swerve should be like, "What the fuck are you doing? You're acting like a fucking idiot and stopping from doing it." I've heard I've, I've heard idiot. people suggest that. I think yeah, especially like. Well, no, but but like, he's sort of like a. Tw- I know he's not really a tweener at all, is he? Because he's, he's like he invaded a man's home. I know, but like threatened to kill his child. I know, but everyone thinks he's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's the biggest baby face in the company, even despite the home invasions. But anyway, um, we didn't we didn't talk about that. He 
he wrestled Dustin Rhodes on the pay per view instead of oh, Kofi. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, that was fun. They re- <sighs> they wrestled for like fucking ten minutes too long. The match was only eleven minutes. Yeah, I, I feel like well, doing yeah. doing the equivalent of a. I mean, I guess they were like Swerve is a star. We can't not have him on this pay per view. But doing mm. a fucking rampage ass match like that, I don't know if that's the way to go. Um, I didn't realize I, I didn't realize uh, he was back. But Dante Martin challenged for the international yeah. title yeah. on this show, which was a good match. Good to see him back. Um, hasn't lost uh, hasn't lost the spring in a step, which is good because obviously such a nasty injury. Uh, yeah, enjoyed the match. Yeah, good. A lot of good matches on this dynamite. It felt a lot more like a proper dynamite. Dynamite was great. Good, yeah, good matches, great. promos that made sense and were about setting things up. Like that was the the show, and it was it was enjoyable. To that end, yes. we got the return of a private party. Um, uh, oh, finally. This is a private party, and they they have more importantly than than um uh, uh um uh the the injured private party member coming back. They also seem to have just ditched the the Hardy connection, and even and just outright said, you know, we're going to challenge everyone. The Young Bucks, FTR, the Hardy Boys. I'm like, hell yes, absolutely, yeah, thank God, talented young lads. <laughs> get them the fuck away from from yeah, the, the, the Hardy, old the old boys. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so private party are back. They'll be a bit of a Bit of an injection on the um, uh, on the show. I think it's the first bit of AEW nostalgia that I've had because they were very much like the first year. They were the big kind of young tag yeah. team. Then they sort of yeah. went away, and now it's like, oh my god, private party's back. So they, them beating the books was like the first it. big dynamite moment. I feel like it was yeah, the, yeah. It was the first big thing that got a bit of, Actually, a, yeah. a bit of buzz. Uh, had a couple of backstage segments uh, uh, with Tony Storm and Nana, and we had a FTR video as well. Skip all about that. Uh, we got the in-ring debut of Mariah May uh, versus Queen Aminata. I thought for a squash match, this was all right. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I know when, when when May debuted and it was with the Tony thing, we were all kind of like, oh, God. If, if she's going to be the, the wrestler of this act going out and mm-hmm. having matches, I'm like, fair enough. Um, I haven't seen Aminata in ages. She was, I think, a regular on the, on, on the YouTube shows. But I thought uh, for someone who was just there to lose as a local jabroni, I thought she was quite, quite good in, in that role. Yeah. Um, uh, then Mariah May started slagging off uh, Jersey, which I guess they were in, and out came uh, Gianna Perazzo, who I guess is from Jersey. Uh, she's not. I, I wouldn't. If you put a gun to my head before this show, asked me where she was from, I wouldn't have known. Mm. Uh, but she came out and she. Oh, uh, by the name, D- hey, I'm I know. Perazzo I know. Like, goes to me. Who's that? And and is she? Oh, she goes. Oh, based on the content of the promo, she's like, oh, is she from here? It's like, well, I don't know, but her name is Diana Perazzo, so maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe she is. But um, I thought this was quite nice as well because you could tell. So she announced that she was signed, and it was one of those wrestling things where you could tell she was like actually really like excited about it and like almost like her voice was like shaking because she was like uh, yeah. excited to announce she was signed um great sign that's a she's great really signing I, I i'm surprised she didn't get her earlier because she is i was really I, I was thinking as i was watching this i was like all right mariah may diana and maybe mercedes on the that's the the rumors are kind of all over the place for a couple of months but it seems now it's like pointing more towards her I'm like, all right, let's let's fucking go, right? These are two good signs. And the return, the return of Jamie Hater and Jamie Hater on the horizon. They're, they're like, really expanding the women's division, but they have to. I wonder if they're going to introduce another 
belt or a tag belt or something because they've yeah, suddenly got they've got like got twice as many women as they, they, they yeah well to be fair they do have about eight men's belts that's true so yeah maybe I mean, they they, need a couple more women's to i'm typically not a big up. you should add a belt person but if someone suggests a new women's belt, i'm like yeah why not the men have 700 belts let the let's yeah. let's get a couple more in the women's division It'll get, you know it's it's it won't hurt uh but yeah so some some good moves being made um uh which is which is good uh, this is the Christian Cage segment where he gave his State of the Union. This had the the "you're booing a mother" <laughs> line, and uh, one of those great Christian bits where you could see it coming a mile away. He's thanking everyone who contributed to him getting the TNT title, and he's going he's <laughs> he's going down the list, and you can see it. You know what the punchline is going to be, and then he says, "But finally, most importantly, the most important person, me." And he, and he just left Kill Switch Luchasaurus hanging in the background. Um, yeah. This is like the like this whole angle has because I would never have been like rooting for Luchasaurus in a in a Wardlow style role to turn on his heel buddies, and I I'm still I don't really care about that. But Christian is going to make me care about that. He's going to make me root for for Kill Switch to one of these days just slap him across the face. You know, mm-hmm. I um, love that he was saying he's he's two and zero oh against Adam Copeland. <laughs> He's been the champion for months. Be, be the champion, <laughs> and counting the first collision as when he won it, which is when Luchasaurus won it. He's great. He's oh, yeah, great. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was that was good stuff. Um, we got probably the the, the match of, of of the week, uh, uh, depending on on how you rated some stuff from from Wrestle Kingdom. Darby Allen versus Kanosuke Takeshita. My goodness. Mm-hmm. And I mean, oh, I think I, I think this vindicates the last year of us and a lot of other people going, why is Takeshita not on TV killing people on a weekly basis, getting over, mm. so on and so forth. Uh, this was great. I mean, this was, uh, I don't want to call it a squash because they didn't, it's not like they killed off Darby Allen or anything, but it was pretty, mm-hmm. it was pretty much just Takeshita absolutely mauling him. For, for, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, who better to take that beating than, than Darby? He got absolutely thrown around in ways you couldn't pay me to do. He, t- he takes some ridiculous stuff. I just, he shouldn't be doing it. I know. On <laughs> just an average dynamite match, he shouldn't be doing this kind of stuff. He's ridiculous. But, well, I don't know. I don't know if he's off to climb Mount Everest now. But, I mean, that's the thing because he's been taking these insane bumps for his entire career. And, mm. and the rationale was always, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be a wrestler for the rest of my yeah. life. I was like, oh, you've been you're dynamite five years now and you, you've yeah, been yeah. absolutely obliterating yourself. So maybe, I don't, I don't know. It's like the, the Je- Jeff Hardy thing, you know, oh, you know, live fast, die young. No, you're 45 and you're still doing. Yeah, still taking these bumps, and it's just sad now. Live fast and know. retire, and get a nice cushy like log yeah. cabin in the woods with a hot tub is what I would say. He doesn't need to take back bumps on like the, the stairs and things like that. It's just yeah. so unnecessary. You could take bumps in the ring, but you don't need to do those stupid like on the ramp and bumps. Yeah. Oh, it's horrible. Um, we got a continental title eliminator match four way. Good fun. Nothing, nothing too noteworthy. Uh, Brian, uh, sorry, no Trent. Excuse me. Um, uh, uh, defeated uh, Brian Keith, Brian Cage, and Vikingo. Uh, yeah, and as much as I want to be Mr. Positivity, you build this tournament I know. over the course of five, five yeah. weeks. All the fucking stars are in it. Danielson mocks Andrade, who's now WWE's top name. Uh, and then immediately after it's won, okay, what do we do? What do we do with this title now? I'll fail four way with yeah. four geeks in it. Yeah. Not even, not even dudes who are in it. Not even dudes who are in the tournament, which is crazy, mm. you know. And I realized not even the level below people who are in it. Like I realized the level below that the two of the key guys were in Japan, but like, yeah, you could have gotten like Mark Briscoe or something like that. Someone who was in the tournament to be in it would have been 
would have been something. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'm with you. Uh, so yeah, and uh, he did retain against against Trent. Obviously, main event then was Swerve versus Daniel Garcia. Uh, enjoyed, um, uh, you know, a solid match. I wouldn't say it was above the uh, uh, Takeshita match. Um, no. Yeah, not much to say about it. Uh, uh, Hangman came out for a pull apart. Uh, Hangman looking sexy, mm. sexy as hell with his big mustache. Ooh, big with yeah, mustache. Yeah, what a look! Great, looks look. great. Got to keep looks that. Got to keep that. Um, uh, Outlaw cool. Ron Bass version two. <laughs> I, I like the main event and I like the, the positioning of Daniel Garcia. I think he's he's yeah. ready for a bit more. Yeah, uh, and I liked. There was another thing which I liked, which is they did what we had discussed in the past, which is they finished with a very clear visual. Which was Swerve mm. and Hangman going at it. Yeah. Which in the past we've said like, yeah, they they do that and then they do something else and then something else would happen. It's like, oh, what's what's the story here? What are you telling? Me? But that was very. Yeah. They would they would have finished the pull apart. Hangman would have gone backstage and then we would have gone off the off the air with Nana dancing or something. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I was going to watch Collision and then I saw Paul's note that it was a worthless two hour rampage, so I didn't bother. <laughs> Paul, any notes at all on Collision? It was so strange. Because okay, there was two two highlights, which were uh, the Trent Kingston match, which was very good. Granted, Trent was not going to win it, mm-hmm. and then the main event, FTR House of Black, which was quite good. Everything else was, uh, you know, name against Jobber, name against Jobber, name against Jobber. So we've got Claudio Castagnoli in action. He's against Andrew Everett. We've got. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sky Blue against Kiara Hogan. Wonder who's winning that one. Mm. And it was there was like five of these matches in between. There was no story progression of any kind. Yeah. There were no promos. It was just here's someone in action with with no context given. You know, you, you could have had Sky Blue making her way to the ring. She passes in the back, maybe something like Thunderosa. that. Yeah, yeah, something. Yeah. You better watch me tonight. I'm going to beat this, and I'm coming for you. But there was nothing. There was no context. Sky Blue had a match. She won the match. Next. Um, I wonder is this. And then the they, weirdest thing was they felt the pinch maybe from Mox and Danielson not being on the road this but, week. But but the strange thing was they, they had all these matches with no like. Let me get the the file of the uh, the fancy thing open again so I can. Here, here's the names who were on Collision this week, right? So um, J D Drake, Anthony Henry, Commander Griff Garrison, Kira Hogan, Andrew Everett. Malachi Black and Buddy Matthews, obviously the main event. So in all these, they obviously all those people lost to more established people. And then at the end of the main event, like Brody King and Daniel Garcia came out. Maybe have one of them in a match? (laughs) Or have Claudio Castagnoli against um, Adam Copeland or something? Rather than an Adam Copeland squash that was five minutes long and a Claudio squash that's five minutes long that we get nothing from, there was like there's nothing to the show. It was it was such a strange watch and yeah, Mox and Danielson are in Japan or whatever, but there was like there was people in the building that they they you you're doing a, a one second run in at the end of the show, like very very r- rubbish. Maybe maybe the worst televised show, with the exception of Rampages. Mm. And Battle of the Bells, but maybe one of the worst shows I've ever watched. Like worthless. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm glad I didn't watch it then. Um yeah. so on the Wrestle Kingdom side of things, Joe, you watched Okada Brian. Did you watch anything else? Just that? No, I watched um a fair few well, probably half the matches on the show because it looked like a pretty good card, so 
Yeah. Uh, I, I watched. I had a whole. Like, I had a bumper. A bumper Wednesday rest or Thursday. We watched Dynamite and then Wrestle Kingdom in its entirety. Wow. Okay. okay. I will. I will say at the top here, not not a Wrestle Kingdom of yore. You know, I will say mm. that, but. Uh, pretty, uh, I would say, pretty dang watchable and 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 breezy for the most part, and and then highlighted by a really excellent uh, uh, match. Um, that yeah, I mean, Daniels, obviously. I wasn't super high on last year's Wrestle Kingdom, aside from the the uh, the Omega Osprey match, obviously. Mm. Um, this year I kind of felt the same, but I I, I thought it was kind of more enjoyable throughout. You know, when when I think of Wrestle Kingdom from years past, you know that you're thinking that's where you get your best match of the year mm-hmm. contenders, and and if you're lucky, more than one of them. Whereas here, it was kind of yeah, we had, you had the the Okada Dynasty match, and then you had everything else, and everything else was like good, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really have much thoughts on on the rest of the show. It was fine. T.J. Perkins is the fiend now. Oh yeah, that was um, that was bizarre. Um, I did laugh out loud uh, when when at the uh, culmination of the main event, evil attacked. I was like, "Oh, here we go!" Yeah, of all the superstars, like, we've got, it's evil. I knew that. I knew the purpose of it was just to do the Sonata uh, thing, but yeah, I was like, "God, yeah. God come on!" Like. Yeah, the main event itself was fine. I don't really like Naito or Sonata, so I didn't get a huge amount out of it. I I really don't like uh, Sonata generally, and Naito is what is one of those ultimate guys to me. Who's kind of like he'll turn it on for the big shows, and indeed he did, you know, for this one. But you know, he's one of those he's one of those lads that that on a on a B show, I like I just don't wouldn't even bother watching. But I I I felt weird going into the main event because I was like, all right, I've I've never I don't think I've ever really enjoyed Sonata. Like I remember like. Sort of pre-COVID TNA X Division Sonata. I, I I remember like like pre-COVID when the G One was still essential. Watching like he'd have these matches with Okada and people would go crazy for them. And I I just never I just never really got it. I I was always kind of the low man on those. Oh. But but I thought I, I this one culminated really well. Um uh, uh, and it was you know like I like kind of said at the top not it's not going to be troubling your all time greatest list of of Wrestle Kingdom main events. But it was it was good for what it was. You know. hmm. Um. Uh, yeah, I think my biggest problem with New Japan is that they have so many people who are in exactly the same spot that they have been for the last five, six, seven years. Yeah, and it doesn't feel like a promotion that has a lot of forward momentum. You still got your uh, Tai Chi doing exactly the same gimmick mm. and exactly the same stuff. You've got your Tanahashi. You've got your like Zack Saber Junior is great, but shouldn't he be higher up the card now? You have your you know, and, the, and the, I think the problem is that. A lot of these people are in the same positions they were when AEW formed. And a lot of the more interesting people that they've done something with are now in AEW or mm-hmm. going to AEW. Um, but you're watching, yeah, you just, I just get a, a, a severe sense of deja vu when I watch New Japan. Like, there's not much new that I'm getting from it. Yeah, that's fair. Well, obviously, you got Dolph, you got Dan, Okada. You got Dolph Ziggler, yeah. <laughs> and Okada was obviously that was uh, great. great. Now, I, I'm, me and Joe have been kind of on the same page about the first one. Granted, Danielson wrestled for 10 minutes with a broken arm, mm. yada, yada, yada. Mm. I wasn't super hot on the first match either. I thought this one was excellent. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was really good. I think it was... 
the, the story was there the, the the focus on the injuries and the body parts that kind of story was really good and it was just very exciting yeah uh very exciting kind of combination i liked it i actually quite like the three-way as well they're the uh, mox osprey finlay um i mean if you told me who was going to win that match i wouldn't have been surprised <laughs> but um uh, tony khan's banked that favor hopefully um <laughs> But yeah, that that really kind of ramped up as it went along. I really, really enjoyed the. I got into it. I I wasn't super hot on it at the beginning, but I got into it. Mm. Kind of, kind of hard to not have a good match with the people involved. Like, yeah, Osprey and Mox are gonna put on a good show. Sure. Yeah, they've got. Um, I feel like they, I would love to see a singles match from them, but like in AEW, they've they do. I think they did a match in New Japan. One of the American New Japan shows, but I because that, that but that was one of those like mm-hmm. a fight like full price shows. So I never watched it, but he is he is mm-hmm. AEW bound formally. He's Osprey, um, so yeah. Also, there's something Mox is one of those guys. There's something just about him when he's in Japan. He has a different aura. It's and he's like it, and he's got a fucking great aura everywhere else as well. But does, I just I always love his New Japan appearances. I think they're so. cool. I never took him as someone who's going to come out with a comic book mask on. Neither him. did I. I was like, that must be something else. There's no chance that's a yeah. red hood. And then I was like, hey, well, you know what? If he was going to dress as a comic book character, I could believe it would be the red hood. I could believe that. <laughs> so um, yeah, that was funny. Uh, yeah, so I uh, saw so a solid a solid start to the year for um. Uh, uh, for New Japan, uh, do we want to do some more awards here before we? Yeah. Uh, Let's do some awards. Uh, oh, get off. Sorry, the cat's on the key. Cat's been making many cameos so far. <laughs> he right. is a, f- a furry menace. That's all I can tell you guys. Just awful. Um, look, why don't we do? Uh, we got card of the year, and mm. um, we've got stupid idiot of the year. Should we do those two mm. now? Sure. Okay. Okay. Um. I don't mind kicking off giving you my my short list for card of the year. Um, obviously, only watching AEW pay per views, it's not mm-hmm. uh, wasn't much to choose from. Um, but I, my shout outs would be AEW Revolution, which I thought was a very good card, which had two very good matches on it: the Iron Man and the Texas Death. Yeah, uh, Mox and Mox and Hangman. Um, all in uh, Wembley Stadium, Wembley. which on paper going in the card. Bit of a disappointment, maybe to what I was expecting, but the actual show itself was a phenomenal was event. Yeah. Walking, you know, walking out onto the pitch at Wembley Stadium, I was in dreamland. It was amazing. But I'm actually going to give my card of the year to the show that followed All In the next week, All Out. Mm. Wow. Post CM Punk show um, in Chicago, yeah. uh, which could have been a disaster, but actually ended up being an incredibly energetic show crowd was into everything including the the meat match uh you said orange cassidy and mox and uh, lots of lots of really good the crowd just really made i think that show and it had a lot of really Stark good as well. strap match. Stark yeah. Strap match. yeah um really good show i really really enjoyed i think obviously going to all in meant it was more memorable of course yeah yeah but if i was watching all these from home then i would say all out actually as a, as a pay-per-view experience i would go for that one Alrighty. Uh, why don't you go next, Paul? Uh, I have uh, as a as a honorable mention in third place, AEW Revolution. Mm-hmm. For the reasons Joe's mentioned, mm-hmm. I have as my runner-up AEW All In for the reasons Joe's mentioned, oh. and I have as my winner AEW All Out for the reasons. Joe's so we are exactly aligned. Interesting. My winner is Revolution for the reasons 
Paul mentioned, which were the reasons Joe mentioned. <laughs> uh, what uh, you know, AEW. It's been a turbulent year to say the least. But, you know, uh, the, their pay-per-view standard is still incredibly high. So much so that Double or Nothing and World's End are kind of like, they're like surprising. Which is a, a good problem mm. to have in a company when you have a bit of a stinker and people go, whoa. Like, whoa, yeah. that is not, you know. It's unusual. There's, there's, been, yeah. there's been more than a, share, a, a handful of bad dynamites. But for a pay-per-view to, to miss is so rare. So, you know, I, I, I would echo the, the revolution love there. Yeah. I just thought all out. Happening a week after the biggest show of the year was such a uh, sitting duck in terms of being a dead show that people wouldn't really get into, and it was such a blow away. Omega uh, Takeshi on as well, um, excellent, excellent show, loved it. Nice and stupid idiot of the year, Paul. Do you want to kick us off? Uh, I mean, I have I have joined joined stupid idiots this year. I can't split them. Ooh, so maybe... I thought you were saying you have be- joined them. Yeah, I've joined the stupid I got idiots. myself locked out of the house, lads. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so it just depends on which side of which side of the fence you fall, I guess. I have mm. CM Punk and Tony Khan. I was thinking those um, when you said joined, I was like, that's, that's I know that's the two. Yeah. I know that's the two. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, I think those are fair picks uh, for obvious reasons. Yeah, it, 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 it's it's strange because you would outline the, the reasons why you might suggest, for example, CM Punk. You know, he was given his own show, basically. He was given his own world title, basically. And he can't help but fucking throw Punk. punches at the job of a hat. You know, be CM Punk. Exactly. But then by, by the virtue of that is that Tony Khan, as, as being a stupid idiot, gave him his own show, yeah. gave him his own title, despite the fact that he had done this before and was liable to do it again. And so you kind of... I find it difficult to split the two of them. I'm, I'm, I'm leaning you know, more one, on, one I'm, as the cause and one as the the enabler. I, I'm leaning more as Tony on on, on Khan because the funny thing is, everyone's like, it's actually kind of stopped now. But at first, everyone's like, "Oh, how long is Punk gonna last in WWE?" As the weeks go on, I'm kind of like, I think he, I don't think he's gonna have these problems. Not that I, I wouldn't put money on him not having any problems. I'm not a crazy person, but uh, I feel like it's just gonna go smoother because it's just a different world. But uh, yeah, I think those are. Do I just give it a joint winner then? That that those will be your joint your joint picks. Yeah, we make up the rules. It's not really worse. There's no trophies being sent out. So, uh... well, I, I too had a very similar. I had three picks: um, CM Punk, Tony Khan, and Jungle Boy. Ah, um, yes, for very much the same reason. You know, Tony trying to it feels like he wants to be not necessarily friends with all the wrestlers, but he doesn't want to be the the bad guy. He doesn't want to be the confrontational mm. guy who lays down the law. And you have to be you're the boss. You have to be a bit of that. Uh, punk is just a dickhead right. whatever fine jungle boy you need to be a certain at least see, at least with punk like he's a he's a big star yeah. he's one of the all-time big stars jungle boy you've done fuck all like you've been completely you're, you're overshadowed show, you've been completely overshadowed by the guy that you you were supposed to be your mentor who turned on you. Who you were supposed to elevate over. You, you know? were supposed to like put you over and take you to the next level. And you've been absolutely shit all year and offered nothing. Uh, and then you go out and like want to start shooting on the biggest show of the year. The biggest show right. ever. Right. Yeah. Fucking idiot. But I think overall I'll, 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 I'll second pause Tony Khan, CM Punk. Uh, they're kind of, it's like a hybrid. You can't. You can't have one without the other. You can't. You can have one. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> joint idiocy. 
Uh, I'm going to go a different. I'm going to go a different course here, and I'm going to go uh, William Corgan's NWA or William Corgan specifically for trying to pretend that it was great business strategy to have Tyrus on top for the whole year. And then for the whole CW uh, fiasco, which is still not really cleared up, not quite sure where it's it's on, <clears throat> it's on the the on demand service of the CW. Um, so the 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 the, sh- the the breaking down of what actually happened there, I still has yet to be cleared up. But if it really was based on that like spot on the pay per view, that is a catastrophic, legendary blunder. Um, but yeah, I said I'd. Go it is, on. but also it's not like they actually killed a child or something it's but no i'm not saying i'm not saying that but but... i i get your point is that yeah they were they were naive to do such a thing but it's it's like yeah but you gotta be so so particular when it comes to these networks but yeah that's my that's my pick just for something different there uh do you want to do would you want to do another wrestling one before we segue into movies uh we could do I think we've four left. Well, let's do. Let's move on to movies, and then we'll okay. do another two, and then we'll save the big two for the for the end. All right, we got ten that? million movies here. So, um, <sighs> will we will we run down the Christmas stuff uh, uh, before we we, yeah. we segue into the new? I watched one Christmas film, which is also a new film. I watched John Woo's Return to America, Silent Night, starring mm. Joel Kinahan as a a uh, a man who uh, loses his son in the crossfires of a gang shootout and also loses his ability to speak and it's very much like that a, a gimmick where so there's no dialogue in the film because he can't speak but it makes no sense that no other characters say anything at any point in the movie uh, so a little bit little bit heady with the idea it's it is a watchable enough action movie. If you want an action movie at Christmas and you've already watched Die Hard, it's a serviceable enough 90 minutes. It's not great. Uh, it, it, lots of CGI blood spurts that look terrible. But other than that, the action is okay. Uh, but I wouldn't be rushing out to see that. Other than that, I think I talked about all my Christmas gems there before we wrapped up. What about what about you, boys? Uh, I watched Jingle All The Way. It's very good. Put the cookie down! Um... I watched it. It's a Wonderful Life, which is which is great as well. Wonderful, yeah. Uh, Jimmy Stewart. Oh, well, I'm going to kill myself. Really? <laughs> um, those were the Christmas movies that I watched. What about you, Joe? I I guess te- yeah. One one mo- technical Christmas movie, Klaus, the animated movie. Oh yeah. Which is yeah. kind of about the the origin story of Santa Claus. It's all supposed to be. So Michelle yeah. wanted to watch it, and I was like, "Oh, this kind of looks a bit like a cheap, I don't know, some sort of cheap animated movie. Is this going to be very good?" Actually, I have to say, the animation was beautiful. It's great. Right? It was really good. Oh, it was compared to a lot of these the stuff that's come out recently. Some of these big animated movies, it looked fantastic. It looked like classic kind of a Disney animation almost. Um, and the story was a lot of fun. Um, wasn't say wouldn't say it was like. The best animated film I've ever seen, but I, I enjoyed That's, the story. That was very good. Uh, yeah, animation was good, and yeah, it was it was a fun fun enough watch. So yeah, Klaus on. I think it was produced by Netflix. I can't remember, but it, it's yeah, so. very very good. Very good. Alrighty, on the uh, non Christmas side of things, uh, God, where we start here? I've got quite a few here. Uh, I watched. Oh, I'll start with the absolute dog shit. I watched. I watched. Uh, Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li, which is the second Street Fighter movie, the one nobody remembers because it's terrible. Uh, it has Neil McDonough in it, uh, and it has Kristen Kruick, is that how you pronounce it, from Smallville? 
um, mm. uh, as the lead character as Chun Li. She's quite good. Other than that, it's one of the worst films I've ever seen in my life. Um, it is absolutely god awful, and I wouldn't recommend anyone watch it, which is good because it's impossible to find online as well. Anyway, uh, um, so yeah. Uh, on the much better side of things, I saw Godzilla minus one. Uh, now I am not a I am not a student of the Godzilla like Paul is, but I absolutely adored it. I thought it was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And you can sing its praises in many many different ways, but I think the the, the key thing to me that made it work is that the human story at the core of it was great and compelling. Mm. Great performances, great characters, great setting. It's going back to to World War Two time, so it's going. It's like let's get right back to the core of what Godzilla is really about, and it. Mm. tackles all that head on in a way that's really interesting and um uh, uh so well done so godzilla minus one excellent watch it in the cinema if you still can but if not you can watch it on on uh tv as well uh speaking of watching on tv we did fire up the old salt burn on prime mm. didn't get a chance to see that and i think uh, uh emerald fennel is is two for two in like making movies i think are like almost really good but not actually really good in in <laughs> I, I was one of the people who thought Promising a Woman was really good until the ending, which I didn't like. Mm-hmm. It wasn't The problem wasn't as concise with Saltburn for me. I couldn't quite put my finger on it, but it is really good with excellent performances. Obviously, everyone's been raving about Baron Keown, and I think Jacob Ellardy is fantastic in it. Um, I think it's just not as clever as, as it thinks it is, and... Someone, uh, someone I follow on Letterbox made this very concise point. Uh, shout out to my, my friend Dom Griffin, great follow on there. He pointed out that there's nothing worse than when a movie does the uh, Kaiser Soze usual suspects montage at the end, and you're watching it going, "Well, yeah, I knew. Was I not? Was this not supposed? To, was I not supposed to know that this character was, <laughs> was doing this?" Uh, without, I don't want to. Well, I was about to say I don't want to spoil it. I feel like everyone's watched it already. But there's like, uh, there's a, there's a reveal montage at the end, and it's. I didn't even realize it was supposed to be a mystery what was happening in this film. It's extremely heavy-handed. Um, like, there's a, a a part in the film early on where a character gets ousted for for uh, sending an email, gets ousted from his standing in high society for sending an email. And straight away when it happened, I said, "Oh, that must have been blank. It actually did it." And then they reveal it later on in the film. I'm like, well, was was I not supposed to know that extremely obvious thing had happened? So it's it's it's. It's not as deep as I feel I think it is, but it's still quite good. So um, Saltburn is is worth a watch um, uh, if you have not yet seen it. And I think that is it. Uh, I saw the boy and the heron, but I guess we'll all kind of talk about that once we once we're, we're uh, once we get to that stage. Yeah, Joe, have you seen that yet? No. What what is it? I That's the new Miyazaki uh, Studio Ghibli uh, uh, thing. Uh, I don't watch those. Have you not seen those? Well, I'm not a big. I'm not. A, I know Paul is a big, a, a big boy. On the, uh, I don't watch uh, that stuff. So, while well, you and I shall talk about it, then what did you, what did you make of of the? What does that mean? I don't watch that stuff. <laughs> I don't watch those critically acclaimed beloved uh, pictures. So I don't watch. What was it like manga? It's cartoons. I don't watch cartoons. Uh, unless they're about Santa Claus. Um, Paul, why don't you lead us off on on the boy and the heron? All right. So first of all. It's not even really anime in the classic sense, so I don't get where Joe's coming from. Uh, it's just a, a beautifully animated movie, no different mm. than the classic Disney ones, except they, they talk a different language in them. Mm. Um, well, not for me. I watched so the I, yeah. Pattinson, but go on. No, I watched, I watched the... Uh, I watched the Japanese original. You watched uh, the subbed. Oh, yeah. I actually, I was actually surprised when I was booking my cinema tickets that they were showing it subbed and dubbed. I don't think I've, I think I literally have never in my life seen the option in, in an actual cinema before, which is nice. It's yeah. good to have it. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm a big Hayao Miyazaki fan, um, and no different here, so I was kind of predisposed to enjoy it. I thought it was a little bit more obtuse than some of the other ones. Yes. Um, in terms of the the narrative, uh, there was a lot of allegory and a mm. lot of joining of the dots. If you if you were just following the uh, the literal happenings on screen, you you probably be quite confused by it. Mm. But um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was beautiful. I thought the story was really compelling. The visuals and and the way the way the certain things were represented in a non literal way, I thought were really interesting. Um, and the way it told the story was great. It kind of walks some some well worn Ghibli stuff, like tonally and thematically. But mm. um, you know, often these movies where a character goes into kind of an otherworldly, you know, dimension is often reflective of some kind of loss or mm. change in their life. You know, these are a lot of coming of age movies, so yes. kind of the coming of age is often represented in this way as well. But, I absolutely adored. It. I loved it. Um, I don't think it's. I think I in my in my Ghibli list, I have it like towards the lower end of the top ten, which just speaks more to the quality of their movie. It overall. does because I know you. I rate, you rated it five stars, so yeah, I, <laughs> I, I still rate like eight movies higher than it. But uh, yeah, I, I I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed. It. I w- I would be interested to see the English dub. I know you're going to talk about that now because I I want to see Pattinson doing his little. I'm Robert Pattinson's voice. Well, he's going uh. crazy. Robert Pattinson's like, yeah, I'll do this film. Put it in my contract. I get to go ham in the booth. I get to go insane. I'm, play- I'm going to play this bird like you've never seen a man play a bird before in your life. I was in a movie about birds. I was also crazy in that one. Um, <laughs> the English dub is mostly really good. There's a couple of voices in it that I was uh, a little bit, mm, I don't know, not loving that that performance. But the key ones are great. Uh, Karen Fukuhara is is incredibly charming uh pattinson is is going crazy in a super charming fun way um uh, though, uh but batista i mean this guy not only is he knocking it out of the park in hollywood he's getting these roles in these bespoke critical darling art house animated films and he's great in it he's great he's the um the he's the senior like he's the the budget. yeah I, I was sad to see that he only had kind of a, a relatively minor role it was a minor role but it was such a key role as well and he was great he is so so great so um so yeah so uh voice cast smashed you you said there at the top you are a big music i i i think i this was my this is my third film of his I've seen, and I liked all three of them. But I think this is the one where I realize I think I'm, I'm just not. I am just not. It's just I, I really enjoy, I loved Totoro. I couldn't get on with Howl's Moving Castle, which made me feel like a crazy man when I read all the reviews because I am I feel like the one person on this planet who did who didn't absolutely adore it. And then this, likewise, I really enjoyed it, but I didn't connect with it on that next level. I think it's just not my 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 style. Um, you still haven't hit the uh, the main one though. Weirdly. Uh, Kiki's delivery service, Spirit, spirited, spirited away. Oh, spirited away. Oh, okay. Um, but everyone's answer is different, though. On on what the uh... Kiki's delivery service? Nah, it's a girls' movie for girls. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure everyone will agree with you on that. Um, yeah, but um... No, I mean, I think I think I think it's interesting because Totoro is like beloved and you love it, but Totoro is like also divisive in the sense that it's very very slow and nothing really happens in it. Um. Spirit Away is much more of a click, 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 let's get to business here and mad shit's happening right. the whole time. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, House Moon Castles is like based on an English book or something. It's a weird little. Oh, is it? I didn't realize it was not. Uh, um... So yeah, this was, and, but, and just, just since on the subject of, of music, so he had like said he was going to retire before this, but then he was like, actually, no. Yeah, I think The Wind Rises was supposed to be his last one, and that movie came out 11 years ago. So okay. He's back. He is 82, I think, though. Well, that's, oh, yeah. Wind Rises fucking excellent as well. Pushing on, but. Um, um, yeah, no, like, like really good. Like, if I, as someone who's not really into his films, is like, it's still really good. You know, it's that's a, a, yeah. a thumbs up, obviously. But um, yeah, what else have you seen, Paul, while we were away? Uh, I did watch another uh, Studio Ghibli movie Go called on. Ocean Waves, which is a, uh, a short. It's like a TV movie, actually. It was it was a it was Studio Ghibli making a movie on a on a tighter budget for tv so it's only like 72 minutes long as well it's very short hmm. and it's just it's just a, a little relatable movie about uh, uh high school romance and how and, and really relatably so how stupid we are when we get into these because the girl is like a fucking master manipulator and the boys are all loving it and ugh, fight literally fighting each other over this girl who's just like got them all wrapped around her finger yeah i can't see how how much of a red flag she is. Like, she's like a red flag planted on top of Mount Everest. Mm-hmm. And just like, oh, this is great. I love this girl. Just a little short film. Very simple. I mean, the film didn't need to be any more complex than it is for getting across the message. I thought it was quite good. N- not anywhere near that. I think I actually had it like third or fourth from the bottom on my Ghibli list. But uh, perfectly, perfectly good. Um, I saw Ferrari in cinema. Ferrari's oh, the new Michael Yes. Murray. Um, biopic, mm. the latest in the list of successful uh, business uh, leaders. Biopics. Um, I, I thought I thought it was very good. Uh, Penelope Cruz is the standout performance, and Adam Driver is fairly good. Um, it's just about. It's not even necessarily about the formation of Ferrari. I think it's it's one of those ones that specifically looks at a, a, a small period time in in the life of the person um so yeah it's, it's not like well he grew up in italy as a young boy right. and then he once saw a car and said oh fine <laughs> no, like, what like, what is that <laughs> we just start and he's running ferrari and they're the company's going through, through some trouble they want to win the big race and so blah blah blah, blah. um yeah very good uh as i said penelope is great adam driver is quite good the film does have about 19 different accents going on at once, though, depending on which actor is right. speaking. So you have, they've cast some Italian actors. They've cast Penelope Cruz, who's, Sp- who's Spanish. Adam Driver. Uh, Shalene, what's her name? Shalene Woodley or something? Woodley, yeah. Woodley. Just American. <laughs> she's, try- she's trying, God love her, but she's just like dropping into a California accent at the- every two seconds. Um. But it was like yeah, very, very good. Even as far as biopics go, it was a very good one. Uh, if you've seen the trailer, there is this one major set piece uh, that I feel is let down by some floaty feeling CGI. Uh, it's like a big car, big car crash. Mm. So it's, it's it's in the trailer and it looks kind of a little a little hokey. It just looks like there's not much much weight to it, which is uh, really the only criticism I would have of the movie. I thought otherwise it was very good. Uh, I watched that new South Park special, not oh, suitable yeah. for children, which is the one with the about the like prime Fake energy. Prime, yeah. 
eh, you know, it, I, all I could say about it was, yeah, it was an episode of South Park that was twice as long for some reason. That seems That's to be the trailer, are. doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> no better, no worse. It was just that. Uh, I watched um, Rebel Moon. Why is you watch one, that? A Child of Fire. Because Zack Snyder is here to say Rebel Moon. Oh, Paul. Oh, Paul. Zack Snyder is here. let us down yet again. He, he's taken... <laughs> He's taken a script that Disney didn't want and said, well, I'm going to show you how Star Wars is properly I'll make done. any other and shit. And let me tell you, it was so fucking boring and bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's terrible. <laughs> it's awful. I hated it. Uh, I mean, it's got the usual dichotomy where, where, but it seems like an increasingly smaller group of people are insisting that it's great. Do you know what I mean? It isn't. It's it's not at all. And I mean, we've talked about Star Wars, obviously, over the years, that the one thing you got to get right with Star Wars is make the characters likable. If you've got that, you're off to the races. No, they're they're doing Rogue One again. Boring characters that no one in their right mind could possibly care about. I like Rogue One, but anyway. bad, bad, bad. The only thing I, well, I, I like Rogue One broadly as well, but like, name me three of the characters and Bon, like, Bon uh, Winsu, uh, <laughs> Cassian uh, Andor, uh, Andor is good. Uh, Fla- Flan, Flan, Big Ball. Uh, there's yeah. the uh, main girl. She's good. Yes. <laughs> And, milk, yeah. milk, miskiv, and uh, the girl from the girl from Cemetery Junction. Yeah, uh, right, fella, fella, played by Riz Ahmed, Diego Luna. Yeah. There you go. Um, so yeah, that film, that film stank. Um, <laughs> do not recommend. And then someone watched the holdovers. I don't remember if it was me or someone else. Wait, you don't remember if you watched it? <laughs> I don't know if some, I did watch it. I don't know if somebody else put it on here. Or if I, I didn't did. watch it. I didn't watch it. Uh, Holdovers is 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 wonderful. It's the new uh, Alexander Payne uh, mm. Christmas starring Paul Giamatti as a, a teacher in this school where it's like a boarding school, but some of the children have to stay over Christmas. I've heard it's great. And so it, it's it's top notch. It, it it will become a Christmas uh, standard. Is my prediction. I thought it was excellent. Loved it. So Alexander Payne of Nebraska and Sideways and. Uh, the Descendants fame. Yeah. Holdovers, big thumbs up. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, speaking of Star Wars, we did see Return of the Jedi uh, on the big screen um, mm-hmm. this Christmas. We went to a interesting little cinema in Leicester Square in London called the, the Prince Charles Cinema, uh, which only has two screens. And it's... I've never been to a cinema like this where the seats slope downwards. So the screen is the highest thing in the cinema and then the seats are going down towards oh. the back so you're kind of like looking up at the screen rather than down at it um I, when i walked in i was like what is this willy wonka like someone? um and it's very very cramped and very small but once we kind of got used to it I, it's actually a really really fun cinema to go to they show a lot of old they mainly show old films they they do show like some independent stuff and some foreign films but a lot of old stuff uh, so we went to see return of the jedi which i won't re- review because it's return of the jedi but uh Good. Yeah, it was good. It was it was Return of the Jedi. Oh. Um, unfortunately, I was hoping they might show like an old thirty-five millimeter oh, like version real, yeah. that doesn't have all the changes in it. But it was a the remastered kind of four K with Hayden Christensen at the end, and there were a few boosts. People were like, Ugh. um, 
but it was it was good it was a very lively crowd and they kind of cheered along to certain parts and lots of laughs you know when when prince leia does the you know i love you i know kind of thing so it was it was good um good to see it on the big screen um other than that i'll, I'll race through my movies so i saw a haunting in venice okay uh, which is the the third of the Poirot movies. Um, so if you saw the trailer, you might not even know it was a Poirot movie because they kind of present it. It's like a like, horror movie. It was like The Conjuring or something like that. <laughs> you did, Poirot doesn't even show up to the last 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, but I have to say, it wasn't bad. It was better than uh, Death on the Nile. That was, that was n- not good. Uh, this was a step yeah. above that. Um, it has Tina Fey in it. She's very, she's very funny as playing kind of Poirot's sidekick. And the mystery itself is is pretty good. It's yeah, typical, typical kind of mystery. Um, it's set in Venice, as, as the title suggests, and but it's it's actually kind of set just in one sort of spooky mansion. So there's no like crappy CGI that you got with Death on the Nile or, or maybe even Orient Express. And um, so that kind of helps. It's just a, a nice looking set, and then you get some really nice shots of Venice at the end. So I I would say that one, well, probably almost as good as Orient Express, and much much better than Death on the Nile. Uh, and it's on Disney Plus, so you can just watch it there. Um, watched The Duke, which is an ind- kind of independent British film starring Jim Broadbent and Helen Mirren. He plays this kind of quirky guy who's based on a true story. He he breaks into the, Na- the National Gallery in London and steals a painting and kind of holds it hostage as a, a protest against the establishment. And then it's kind of him the un- unfolding of hiding this painting um, and, and what they end up doing with it. It's quite a, f- a charming little film, you know, it's sort of underdog story. That was good. Uh, on Christmas Day, we watched Manhattan Murder Mystery, which is a, a Woody Allen film from the early 90s with Alan Alda uh, and Diane Keaton and Woody Allen, which was a uh, classic on Woody Allen. It's set in Manhattan. It's quite funny, except uh, quite a nice little murder mystery um, storyline to it, which was very very fun and very uh very good to watch watch Serrano um the Peter Dinklage film mm-hmm. um quite enjoyed it I think Dinklage is good um it had a soundtrack by The National which is a band that Michelle and I both like a lot but it did make for a bit of a weird film because they're quite distinct style it wasn't your typical movie musical soundtrack it was a bit different uh the film itself was okay i didn't really get into the characters too much uh the whole love story between serrano and this whoever the woman was supposed to be uh, i didn't really care <laughs> i just i like the serrano <laughs> character i didn't really care about the other characters too much but um yeah worth a watch if you're sort of interested in at all in that um we're sort of giving a go i uh, watched a very strange film called soap dish which was on paramount plus i'm determined to get my money's worth out of paramount plus because literally we just watch Frasier. There's nothing well, else. But Frasier's great money's <laughs> worth, you know? The Frasier is money's worth fair, but I was like, let's let's watch something else. We watched this film Soap Dish, which is from the early 90s and stars Sally Field, Kevin Klein, Robert Downey Jr. and Whoopi Goldberg. It's kind of behind the scenes of a soap opera. And one of these American soaps, you know, Days of Our Lives type thing. And it's kind of, oh, how to describe it? It's, it's a bit of a, a satire of of soap operas and it's a comedy but it's just very bizarre and wasn't particularly funny i could not in all conscience recommend it and there's a lot of films like that on on paramount plus kind of films with a lot of big name actors in but they're just people have forgotten mm. to say but they weren't particularly hits uh watched may december 
um, which I know Paul really enjoyed with with Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore. Um, I kind of went into it because I haven't put when you reviewed it, Paul, and I'd heard this from other people. It was like, well, I don't want to say too much about it. I don't want to give it away because you know you need to go in sort of yeah. not knowing too much. So I think I was expecting it to have some kind of big twist, like it was. Uh, like what was we were seeing wasn't really what we were seeing or something right. like that and i think people michelle had spoken to had said the same thing so we were kind of sitting there waiting for and then this is going to happen and and it it was a bit more conventional than i was expecting um, yeah i think i think the thing is not so much that there's a twist but that the way that it piecemeals you what is actually mm. the backstory is done really well right right um so i quite enjoyed it but it wasn't wasn't quite what I was expecting. Performances are good. Um, but I think ultimately I was a bit disappointed with with where it went. Um, it, in spite of the potential it had. But I, I like you, I could see by the end the sort of the themes of it and, and the way this, this, especially the Natalie Portman character kind of evolves and emerges. Like it's, it's interesting, but not quite what I was expecting. And then finally, at the Prince Charles uh, Cinema, in Leicester Square, we saw another film, Amadeus, uh, the classic Best Picture winner from from 1984, I think. I'd never seen this film. I'd heard of it a little bit. I'd never actually seen it on TV or anywhere else. We had to see it on the big screen. Probably one of the best films I've ever seen. Uh, it was hilarious. Wow. It was dark. It had amazing costumes, amazing music, amazing locations. The performances, uh, one from F. Murray Abraham as, as Salieri, who is the, the rival to Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. He is just superb. Like, I couldn't believe how good his performance was. It's so enjoyable. It's so funny. Um, it's quite a long movie. We saw the director's car, which was three hours long, but it didn't oh. feel that it didn't feel long. It felt it felt so very watchable uh, and i'm i i'm so glad i finally got to see this movie and i think it's a bit forgotten and you never hear anyone really talk about it even though it was a best picture winner i think it's a bit of a forgotten kind of movie and so it kind of tells that it, it's a it's in ostensibly a biopic of of mozart um but it tells it through the eyes of salieri this mm. italian composer who is a rival to mozart and it's it's fantastic um, especially compared to, you've had all these biopics recently, you know, in recent years, the, the likes of We Will Rock You and Rocket Man and all this sort of stuff. We were all very like, Bohemian Rhapsody, te temp templates, you know, like it's the kind of, oh, you know, I was struggling and that alienated my family, but I'm a G tortured genius <laughs> and kind of jukebox musicals. And it's just such yeah. a load of boring crap. I can't stand any of those movies. And this is the exact opposite. It takes that kind of biopic and tells it in a completely different way and actually makes it interesting. And I would love to see another film like this that, that doesn't, that's not just like glorifying the rock star or the musician and, oh, they're genius. Oh my God, I wrote this pop song and something much more yeah. interesting. So, Have you seen the trailer for this Bob Marley film that's coming out? What? Uh, oh, no. oh no. I'd rather take a kick in the scrotum than watch that. Who plays Bob Marley? Is it Robert Some Pattinson? fella. <laughs> Go, <"Ack!" laughs> Yeah. No I, I, no cry. I, I don't like those films, but watching this just made me realize how bad they are. 
how kind of uh, cookie cutter they are. I have um, I have Amadeus on DVD here, but I, I haven't watched it, so I might need to uh, oh, get around to, to put that. that. Put that on. Oof. That's a gimmick. And that's all the films. That is all the films, and does that make it then time for the film of the year? Mm. Oh, it does. It does. Uh, who wants to go first this time? I'll kick off. Um, I'm going to give honorable mentions to Blackberry, which I thought was very, very good. Mm. Oppenheimer, uh, Chris, best Chris Nolan film in a in a few years. I thought Tenant was not very good. Um, I agree with his peloton instructor. That was a waste of two hours. Um, past <laughs> past ten holds up on rewatch. It's a bit better. Yeah, I don't know about that. I uh, agree. I agree with you on my first watch. Past lives, uh, very very good film, and the Taylor Swift eras tour movie, which mm. I was not expecting to enjoy as much as I did, but it was not not film as such, but you know a concert movie, and it was just. The show was fantastic. The way it was shot was fantastic. I really enjoyed that experience. However, I'm going to give my film of the year to Mr. Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon, which I thought was a, th- a three and a half hour delight. Um, I thought the performances <laughs> were wonderful. Robert De Niro proving that he can he can still act better than anyone um, when he's mm. doing a proper film. Yeah, wonderful sets, wonderful stories, wonderful filmmaking, inventive and creative. Martin Scorsese, he's 80, 80 whatever he is, but he can still he can still do it. He's the goat. All right. What about you, Paul? Uh, I could have about 20 honorable mentions here. I think it's been a great year. Mm. It has been a year great. for the, the old movies. Uh, let me just quickly rattle off some of the um, some of the better ones I've seen. I will say... My my award is not necessarily going to the film that I thought was the best per my letterbox list. Mm. Um, but uh, I'll throw out uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, Barbie, Mission Possible, Dead Reckoning, Marcel, the show with shoes on, Ferrari, Eileen, Knock at the Cabin, Godzilla Minus One, The Holdovers, Fablemans, Tar, Oppenheimer, John Wick Chapter 4. Uh, Wonderful Story, Henry Sugar, Killers of the Flower Moon, May, December, Boy and the Heron were all great so thank you to uh the people what made them because i had a great time watching but um as far as my favorite movie of the year uh it's there's a little bit of you know going to aw all in to it where um there's a movie that i i've seen multiple times this year and i i met the director after after seeing Mm. it my my film of the year is going to be blackberry because sometimes you know you 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 watch the little guy and you watch the the movies and tv shows that no one's heard of no one's watched and then they kind of come good on on a bigger a bigger scale Mm -hmm. and it was really fun to joe's point a minute ago about biopics being fucking boring shit it was nice to get one that was like fun and enjoyable and uh, yeah, me- meeting him after seeing it was also a-, a great little experience as well. Having a chat with him was great. Nice. Alrighty, I guess that leaves it to me. Um, I, I don't have too much uh, uh, deviation uh, from yourselves. Loved a lot of the same ones that were mentioned: Oppenheimer, BlackBerry, um, uh, so on and so forth. My 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 number two film was Undefeated for most of the year, which was John Wick Chapter Four. I mean, I extremely rare double visit to the cinema for me. I just had to see it a second time and just fall to my knees as the credits rolled because <laughs> action yeah. cinema is back. 
um but it was it was dethroned uh by past lives that was uh that was uh, uh my favorite film of the year just a uh, just a really 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 wonderful heart melting uh, uh uh film so yeah past lives for for me on that one and uh with that we can jump over to the television of the week not too much tv thank god because we 10 million films um uh what about you there uh, uh paul what was your tv for the week uh, I've been watching the darts with little 16 year old. Oh, yes. Luke Littler uh, banging in the 180s. He unfortunately didn't take it home in the end, but uh, it was a very entertaining darts world championships that I was watching on pretty much almost every game of over the Christmas uh, period. Uh, I've been watching The Leftovers Season 2, which is a, an excellent Damon Lindelof uh post-lost series pre-Watchmen but uh, is every bit as good really really enjoying that it's a lot closer to Watchmen than Lost I will say it's a HBO okay. show as well really really top stuff uh, and I've been watching Monarch Legacy of Monsters the the uh, quite well reviewed um, Apple TV Plus Godzilla series oh baby it is dog shit it is worse, <laughs> worse than um Godzilla King of Monsters, which is which is the worst American Godzilla. What's the Rebel Moon? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Wow, it is every bit as dumb as the worst bits of Godzilla v Kong. It's like okay, if you were to watch a TV series that were like every episode was like Godzilla versus Kong, but you didn't get the Godzilla Kong. That doesn't sound great. I'll be honest. So don't watch that. Dear, oh dear. Uh, do you have any TV, Joe? Uh, not really. We've just been watching old stuff over Christmas. Uh, we're currently... Uh, our newest sitcom, our lunchtime sitcom, is now Spin City. Oh, um, very nice. We're rewatching that, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, Lawrence. Which is now 28 years old. Oh, God. <laughs> it's just funny. It feels very old. It's so funny to watch these shows um and we're watching the good wife as our kind of drama hmm. series which is i'm enjoying quite a lot so we'll give reviews of those in the in the weeks ahead excellent okay yeah um we finally got back on track with some shows we got kind of derailed with over the over the christmas kind of break with the with the various stresses it came it became easy to kind of fall into the the comfortable fl- uh, fraser trap do you know what i mean mm. um but we did get around to finishing the bear um uh season two uh uh this week i mean just i gotta i gotta get on the bear i mean i i finished it and i was just like this is just great tv this is just what tv should be season two better than season one i think mm. i mean they 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 did the kind of format where they went for kind of individual character focused episodes and then the final two or three episodes are things culminating in the restaurant opening and it was it was it was my avengers assemble you know what i mean it was they all came back together <laughs> they all they all gave a right it was it was fucking great i mean the final three episodes the whole se- the whole season the whole season the bear was absolutely absolutely uh, uh, tremendous um yeah i think that's the only kind of uh, uh, new thing um uh, that we've watched i haven't watched much uh, uh, reacher yet or or um uh, we're still watching uh, workaholics which is great fun uh, uh that is another paramount plus joint that i would recommend that is a very easy watch to just tear through like a handful of episodes at a time um but yeah that is the uh, the TV for this week, and I will I will kick off the 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 TV show of the year 
award by segueing in and saying that for me it is the bear. <laughs> so I will just I'll give that I'll give that an award the there. Bear. Finished it right before the 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 buzzer, but uh, yeah. So uh, what about you, Joe? Uh, honorable mentions to The Last of Us. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, which I enjoyed more than I thought I would, and was completely different from what I was expecting. It wasn't like a zombie show, really. It was show about love uh, and forbidden love. Um, I enjoyed Jury Duty. Yes, a surprise. Yeah. Uh, finale of Succession. Very good. Um, probably my runner-up of the year, The Bear, which is very sad. Second season, they knocked it out of the park. It was just as good as the first, if not better. Uh, but I'm going to give my TV show of the year to Bodies, uh, the Netflix show, which I really enjoyed. I love a bit of old time travel guff, and this gave me exactly what I wanted. And I thought it was a rare show that gives you a very kind of satisfying conclusion and wraps wraps things up. Um, Stephen nice Graham, thing. one of the best British actors of this generation. Let's talk about it. I think the answer is yes. I think he's the best active british actor i think that's, that's fair my, and he, michael caine's retired and he does interesting things it's not all oh i'll be in harry potter and that and I'll, yeah I'll oh i'll cast a spell at you he's like i'm going to be a fucking prison guard in that and he's not phoning it in he's no. doing difficult stuff yeah that's good it's very good uh what about you paul i agree with the stephen graham love um i've gone for number three uh very strong season uh, I think you should leave with Tim Oh Roth. yes, very good shows. Uh, I, I, I liked season one and two, but I wasn't as big into it as some people were. But I thought season three was excellent. Uh, number two, I do have Succession. Mm-hmm. Sad to see it go, but it went out on. It didn't shit the bed <laughs> like a lot of TV shows. Yeah. Uh, really satisfying ending for one of the best shows of the last. 20 years i would say uh but number one i'll give uh, uh not much watched but uh beloved by those who have scavengers reign on mm. hbo max uh unbelievably good um little c- sci-fi cartoon uh worst show of the year is monarch legacy of monsters <laughs> <laughs> also could have been a segue there um, yeah. oh my worst my worst movie of the year by the way was the whale Oh yeah, I still haven't bothered. I just can't bring myself to watch it. It just looks like something I would despise. It's shit. Um, I yeah, I didn't give any honorable mentions, but I will say, speaking of divisive final seasons and things that could shit the bed, I give an honorable mention to the final season of Barry, which I thought was great. Uh, plenty of people didn't. It it it, it, it it's I would say it split the audience. It was fairly well received, but I I loved it. Some people didn't, but I I wanted to give that a shout out. Great show. Um, we will before we segue to Game Golf, we'll do two more wrestling awards here. Let's do wrestling moment of the year, and uh, kicking us off, we will go to Paul. Okay, Doke. Um, this was a little tough to kind of narrow down to three. One of them I have is just kind of a nebulous. Not maybe I'm cheating a little bit by having it on my moment list, but maybe I can narrow it down somehow. Uh, number three, I have um, which one do I go with? I have two Christian Cage moments. I'm, I'm finding it difficult to split them. One of them is the um, the go fuck yourself uh, moment, mm-hmm. and then the other one is more recently the the uh, the very long promo where he tried to make up with Adam Copeland and then tried to hit him with the belt immediately afterwards. Had <laughs> me roaring with laughter um so take your pick there number two i have um just you know stepping out into wembley stadium 
oh, and looking yeah. at the mm. sea of people and being like, this is this is a little AEW event that there's, look how many fucking people are here. This was, and for someone who had never been to WrestleMania like you guys have been lucky to, mm. to do, mm. this was my first, oh my God, I'm here at a wrestling show. Look how many fucking people are here. Yeah. Uh, but moment of the year for me is uh, from Survivor Series, most recently, where little CM Punk finally returned to... No, it is not. I thought um, you were serious. It is like... a... <laughs> it is a... My number one moment is a WWE moment. You'd be surprised Ooh. here. It is, it is from the Royal Rumble when Sami Zayn turned on Roman fair Reigns. Enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, which which I, I watched Royal Rumble live, and that was... For someone who doesn't watch WWE, that had me on the edge of my seat. So, good job. Nice. What you, Joe? Um, I struggled a bit with moments of the year. I don't think it was a a great year for moments, or for me anyway. In, in AEW, I've got a lot of yeah. It, it was a struggle. I I think number firstly honorable mention Brian Danielson coming out to final countdown. Oh yeah. Uh, at, not was it forbidden? It was forbidden door, was mm-hmm. it? The apartment match, yeah. Yeah, he did it twice. It was forbidden door the first time. Yeah, right. Um, CM Punk spray painting the AEW belt. That was a good one. I actually mm-hmm. thought that was a pretty cool moment. It didn't really go anywhere in the end, but the actual moment itself was pretty electric. Uh, a WWE moment, uh, Carlito and Savio Vega coming out in Puerto Rico, and the crowd absolutely and bad bunny. Well, yeah, Carlito and Savio Vega. And... <laughs> sorry, sorry, I learned it today. And someone else. Um, them coming out was, uh, it was that was a, a great pay per view. <laughs> and then them, them doing that show and having those guys on was, yeah, was really good, even though I don't watch a lot of their stuff. Um, debut of Edge was a really cool moment. I thought it was really nicely done, a little video package and everything. Uh, personal one, Michelle meeting Tony Khan without me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> In the lobby of a Las Vegas hotel, uh, getting a picture with the big man himself. He's a very, very kind gentleman, very nice to do that. Uh, Adam Cole's return from injury. Uh, that was a huge thing when he did the, it's bad news for the rest of the locker room. Mm. Back. That was great. Um, I think I'm going to go for my moment of the year. It was from All In, and it was Sting and Darby entering to seek and destroy by Metallica. And the lights and the crowd just going Aww. mental. And um, I wanted to pick something from All Links. I think that was just going to be my moment of the year. But that, well, that one is the one that sticks out to me. That moment, that just that huge entrance and the music and everything. I love that. Yeah, moment of the year. Alrighty. Uh, I am going to pick for my moment of the year. Alluded to there. Uh, I am going to pick Bad Bunny's entrance from a backlash. Okay. Um, because uh, you know Savio and Carlito are cool, but to those fans, he was the biggest star. So I was like, "That is that is a legendary uh, entrance." Again, as someone who like yourself, we, we haven't watched like that was the most, and I can understand how like like casual fans or people have been out for a while. That was the most. I saw that clip and I was like, "Should I be, should I be watching yeah. WWE again? Like like this is the fucking coolest <laughs> thing in the fucking world." Because they were also it was such a big crowd. It was one of the loudest crowds I've ever heard ever in the history of watching wrestling. And they were all in unison singing the song. I think this is this is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. So I, I went yeah. with that. I, I'll have as my bad bunny honorable mention him somehow slipping a WWF logo past. Oh yes, the gorilla position. Great, great <laughs> moment. 
I don't even think he slipped it. I think they went, oh, no, wait, Mr. Bunny. Yeah, well, I'm bad bunny. You can make me take it off? I guess not. I guess I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, yeah, and so then I've closed my sheet here. Hang on. And uh, one more award here. Uh, we will go for the worst wrestling thing of the year. And God, there's a lot to think about on this one um i'm actually i would say i'll go i haven't gone first much here um so far i will go with the general comedyification of aew will be my that's an extremely wide umbrella i know i didn't want to pin it on a particular angle or a particular person or a particular match just the general you know huge 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 switch in their presentation to more over-the-top comedic characters which we are now pivoting away from which is great for this new year but yeah that'll be my pick uh what about yourself uh joe um i got two i'll give an honorable mention to logan paul being a wrestler okay um and i think the the worst part of it is the worst part of it is that he seems to be quite good at it yes that's that's the annoying part but just the fact that you've got this influencer who he clearly he's using wrestling as just another platform it's just like youtube or boxing or whatever he's just using it as another platform mm. to sell his energy drinks or whatever which there's always been celebrities coming into wrestling but having someone do it full time and kind of and people were that just annoys me but anyway my worst wrestling thing of the year it was cm punk's reign of terror uh during those few months when he was on collision and just the constant drumbeat of drama and stories mm. most of it inconsequential you know he told um Dolph Ziggler's brother to leave or something oh, it was just most of it seemed to be just absolutely nothing but it was so depressing to just have constantly have this stories and drama coming out and distract from especially in a company that we've loved you know watching these last few years that kind of reignited the the passion for wrestling to then have this just negative drumbeat Mm. so yeah CM Punk and his uh, childish reign of telling people he can beat them up. (laughs) What about you, uh, Paul? I have a lot of slashes Mm. here in my three. So I have um, number three, slow motion comedy with Adam Cole, Roderick Strong, segueing into the devil storyline. Okay, yeah, yeah. Segueing into, um, you know, a lot of to, to to the point earlier. A lot of a lot of very good characters who have kind of Adam! all that stuff. Um, number two again, I've got the elite slash the Golden Jets slash Kota Ibushi slash all that side of AW. Nothing good, mm-hmm. with very few exceptions, have come out of that. And number one is is CM Punk in AEW this year. So, exact same as Joe from from. No, that's not say there was nothing you know good of it, but like even when he was around and it wasn't drama, like CM Punk was just very anodyne and very mm. there was no edge to him when he came back. Ironically, I mean backstage there was, but on camera he just he was very it was, it was it, yeah it, the, it it did feel a bit like the magic was gone because and there was the whole thing where like it felt like every week he'd be cutting a promo on a different person in an attempt to get his various angles going that people didn't want to do and yeah. when and when the next week would go by and there would be like the best example would be mjf because it 
kind of seems like now it's pretty crystal clear MGF didn't want to do the real world champion feud thing. Every week mm. they would go by where they wouldn't acknowledge that. It took a little bit of edge off of Punk because you're like, okay, so he's just going out there and just hoping that he'll get a response from someone. And it, 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 it made him feel less cool, which has kind of been his whole thing is that he's, you know, this cool outlaw and, and that edge was missing. It was absolutely missing in that second run. So, yeah. Um, was that your that was your number one, Paul? That was my number one. Alrighty, and with that, we can segue over to the game guff. I won't waste too much time on any of my games here. Um, I've started a Fallout New Vegas playthrough on the Twitch. Never played it before. That game seems very interesting. As a man who doesn't really give a shit about those Bethesda games, I know this is Obsidian, but it's you know in that wheelhouse. I it seems really cool. I've put four hours into it, and I've already had a number of uh, unusual occurrences. And I've, I've I've killed my first optional NPC whose vibes I didn't like, and I was like, "All right, <laughs> get him." Yeah, out it's there. it's it's a lot. It's of those games, it's the most open RPG ish, I guess. Yeah, in terms of you having options and choices and stuff. Yeah, um, I'm still putting more time into Cyberpunk. That was my main Christmas game. I'm I'm still really really loving it. I've I'm I've hit. It's got like a respect meter. I've hit the cap on that, so I can't go any higher. And I'm over halfway to the level cap, and I've still barely touched the story. So that's how much of that game I'm devouring. A uh, quick mention: if someone's looking for like a kind of a relaxing city building type game, uh, Steam World Build is on Game Pass, and I think it's twenty or thirty quid on on PC and Switch as well. That is a city building game, but it's not as intense as your Sim Cities or things like that. Uh, the Steam World games are very accessible, so I'm having a lot of fun with that. And uh, everything else I've been playing got derailed because uh, I started playing Perfect Dark again. Um, uh, Paul, I don't know if you saw that PC port that's been uh, uh, recently released. Well, it's kind of like uh, the Mario 64 yeah. one where some fans finally like decompiled the N64 game, which allowed people to remake it on PC. And I was like, I'll, I'll play Perfect Dark again. Yeah, absolutely. And in, in, right. with the with the modern bells and whistles, the frame rate, the modern controls. So I'm I'm now a couple of levels into a new playthrough of, of Perfect Dark, which is great. But yeah, those are the games. Nothing nothing new just yet. Uh, no 2024 releases uh, as of yet have grabbed me. Uh, what about you, Paul? What is uh, what has been your your holiday break games? Well, on the PC side of things i i did get that ocarina of time port what was that called ship of ship of harkinian i believe it was yeah something like that which i don't know what, where that name comes from or what that's a reference to but is that not a thing in the game no, no it oh, I, no I don't know where that thing comes from. um but what what attracted me to it was the the randomizer option i've, I've watched a lot of randomizer runs hmm. on on youtube and stuff. so i wanted to play a little bit so it just it, it swaps all the items in the game. All the chests give you different things, so it makes it a little bit more for people to play the game to death, like I have. You go in and start a dungeon, and the 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 item in there is not the right item, so you have to go back out of the dungeon, go to the other part of the world, and it just it's like a, a sequence breaker, different way to play the game. Um, so I just played that for a few hours, nothing. I, I, I not even with the intention to actually like finish it, just just to see what it's like. Have have a go of it. Is that programmed in uh, such a I, way that it can't like sequence break? Like, can you? Get... I, I think I think you can have it that it can, and so you'll use glitches and other ways right. to get around it, which I I don't I don't do. I'm not that good, so I I would only use a logic where it you can complete the game stuff. Right. Um. So yeah, it gives you lots of different options in terms of in terms of doing that. Um. I've been playing Mario Wonder. Ooh, okay. baby. Talk about my respect mate, meter being maxed out. <laughs> oh, baby, I love it. You, you clean, um, you clean I, in your plate on that one, doing everything everything you can possibly do. Of course. I, I just finished 
about an hour before we started recording. I finished World Five. Okay. And I've I've done all the um what's the aisle petal aisles the middle yes. the middle section. Those are so fucking hard. I've oh, done, good. I've oh done no, sorry, I'm every thinking, level I'm thinking of the elevated world. Sorry, I haven't I haven't touched special world. I'm leaving that for post game. <laughs> Gosh, I've from worlds one to five and the the petal world petal isles stuff. I've got every. Wonder seed, every purple coin, every top of the flagpole. Mm-hmm. So I've got the little green stamp on on every single level, but I'm still, you know, making my way through. I think I'm per my switch. I'm I'm over ten hours anyway, so maybe ten to fifteen hours. Um, it's great. I mean, I love the the creativity of it, but not only in terms of the wonder flowers and all that stuff, but even in terms of where it'll hide a purple coin or you'll see one up high and you go, hmm, how do I get to that? And mm. it's, it's never too difficult or too confusing, but it's just the right amount that you, you might make it to the end of a level and go, Oh, I never saw the third coin. Let me go back yeah. and pay closer attention after where the second one is. And then you can kind of work it out. Um, really, really enjoying it. And no, I haven't come up against anything that's really, really st- Dumped me just yet. I think difficulty level wise, and I've I've heard about the special world. Obviously, I know what's to come. Yeah, but no. in terms of those those first levels, I mean, it's pretty. I find it to be a, the main line stuff is pretty easy. I would say that that was a B. Yeah, I, I don't want to say easy, but it's it's not too much. And this might come from the fact that I just came off finishing Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, which is a very difficult game in comparison. Um, I think there's one level towards the end of Tropical Freeze where I was, I think I used 50 lives or something, just <laughs> dying over and over and over and over and over. And it's that kind of game where you just have to, you know, muscle memory it. But very much enjoying uh, Mario Wonder. I'm just about to go into the lava, whatever the name of that last world is. Mm. So that's where I am with it. Um, how's your Mario Wonder going, Joe? Have you completed the game? No, I never went back to the final. You never final, went back final. Final. Just that one last level is so hard. I, just, I might yeah. do it, but I it's it's such a commitment to, to play that. I just yeah. But you finished everything else. You got everything. everything else yeah, literally everything else except that fi- that final final level that's going on. Yeah, I don't know yet where how whether I'm gonna try it even or not. We'll see when I get there. Um I've also been I, I touched on Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, I finished excellent game on switch but it's, it's a much tougher platformer so it's one that you're you're not trying to collect everything you're just going to beat the levels because mm. that alone is enough of a challenge quite a tough game but really really uh fun and really enjoyable um and then last thing is i have touched uh a little bit on Baldur's gate oh but i haven't played enough to really i'd say i've played it like five six hours of multiplayer Three of us playing it. Oh, it is really? very fun. That's, very fun. Okay, because I, I, that's the one aspect of the game I never got to, and I would love yeah. to give that a spin. Yeah, it's 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 fun. I, I will say it's it's maybe I don't know if it's the direction I'll necessarily go through for the whole playing through the game because it's it's very dependent on people being in the mood and available to play it. Mm. And so you maybe don't play it as much as you'd like. It is fun though that you can just kind of go around the world and. Somebody will talk to a character and you don't necessarily get the cutscene. You have yeah. to go stand next to them and press A to listen to it. And it's, yeah, it's a fun little, fun little RPG game. I'm a, a half orc with a kind of white bob hairstyle, which I think okay. is really funny. 
Um, but yeah, very much enjoying that. But I think I'll I'll maybe have my I'll start a, a single player simultaneously or to the side of this multiplayer game that we're playing as well. That's it. Alrighty, that's the game golf, and I suppose with that we should chat about game of the year. Um, yeah, uh, I'll just I suppose I'll go straight to you, Paul. I'll just ask you flat flat out, what was your game of the year? Tears of the Kingdom. Tears of the Kingdom. Fair enough. It's, Joe, it's strange because Tears of the Kingdom, I feel like, hasn't stayed in in the mind as much because it came out so early in the year. But when I look back, I played that game for like 160 hours, and I enjoyed every minute of it. So I I can't say anything. Super Mario Wonder, I think, all said and done, will be will be close. Joe, do you have a, a pick for game of the year? Um, yeah, but before that, I do have some monumental gaming news Go on. To, to drop on you right now. So after nearly 10 years, or to be precise, 3,479 days, I have finally got all of the achievements and upgrades on Cookie Clicker. I finally... What? I, I am done. I didn't realize it had it. Uh, yeah, there's... Um, I, I can't even know how many there are. I think it's like... 400 achievements or something no 700 716 upgrades and 622 achievements and i finally Jeez. with a concerted effort over christmas i finally got all of them um and the guy who runs it said he isn't going to add any more like buildings as in like uh, tiers to it so it right. shouldn't but he'll add some more stuff but anyway that was my goal i wanted to actually just get 100 on it i've done that very happy my big achievement of uh of 2024 is already complete so there we go uh my game That's of the great. year super mario wonder <laughs> i thought you were gonna <laughs> like say a second i was gonna say yeah cookie, super, cookie. super mario wonder which was immensely fun immensely fun uh i am going to go for game of the year i'm going to go for alan wake 2 which I absolutely adore. Just earlier today, I was watching a behind-the-scenes thing they posted of their, um, of how they put together their soundtrack, and it just goes to show like how just like intensely like handcrafted every single thing is. They did this like almost like a writer's retreat, but with like local. They're they're like a um, a Finnish studio, and they did like a writer's retreat with a bunch of local musicians because the music is the uh, licensed songs in the game are all from local artists. And it's just oh my god, I was watching it going like these guys fucking. And that's just the music. That's not even before you get into all the other stuff going on in the game, but it's just an example of how intricately they um they they worked on it. So yeah, Alan Wake 2 is my uh, my game of the year. And uh with that we can jump over to I keep closing my list, dang it. I'm very unprofessional here. Uh with that we can segue over to the um uh, uh music uh, of of the um of the week. Uh Joe, what's your what's your do you no, got an album for us this week or music. no? I do. Oh, Paul has an album. Joe's, Joe's retired from. I knew he was retiring the the album of the week, but I was like, was there one last hurrah? But no, it seems not. No, I, and I I had kind of, I don't say given up, but I let Joe carry some of the weight of the album review for the the last six months. So, um, I listened to a new one, twenty twenty four release, uh, from an Irish punk band called Sprints. Very nice. Okay. Uh, the, the album's called Letter to Self. It's great. Really, really great. It's got a, a female singer who's got a kind of, I want to say it's, it, the sound is kind of halfway between Cranberries and something like Idols. Um, it's punky. It's got a lot of swagger to it. Got some good rock riffs in there. Very, very, very enjoyable. 
Um, so I'll give that a thumbs up for those of a punky disposition. Excellent. Uh, sprints. Sprints in all caps, like it's a Japanese wrestler. Um, very, on, very enjoyable. And that note, Paul, what was your album of the year? Album of the year for me was... Uh, well, special honorable mentions for uh, the horribly named Spiritual Cramp and uh, Wednesday, who I got mm. to see live as well. Wednesday, Rats on God. But uh, album of the year, I also got to see live. We Are Scientists, uh, Lobes was my favorite album of the year. Worst album of the year was that Ghost EP, that worthless EP, wow. Ghost yeah. put out, the cover EP. Forgettable f- nonsense. Wow. Take that, Ghost. Well, you know, sometimes you got a tough love. Uh, for myself, uh, my album of the year was the JPEG Mafia Danny oh. Brown album, Scaring the Hose. I just put it back on just this week. In fact, I was like, oh. this, this is a tremendous, great uh, hip hop album there. Uh, and I would say, of course, the main event, Joe, of all wow. the albums. What was the what was the album of the year? What was the real a lot album of, of the year? Uh, a lot of albums this year. Well, like most of them are old albums, so I haven't counted those. I only counted the, the new albums. Hmm. Um, honorable mentions to Gut Feeling by Lozik. I think that's how you pronounce it. I can't remember. Uh, and Blame My Ex by okay. The Beaches. But album of the year okay. is 10,000 Gex by 100 Gex, uh, which was... Oh, I see. I, I didn't think you were going to pick that, but I've yeah. heard that so much in like in the in the years yeah. retrospectives. Uh, I loved it. it. It took all of the most unpopular genres, <laughs> ska, new metal, <laughs> everything people hate, and it made really interesting and fun songs. And I listened to it a lot. It's just a shame they cancelled the European <laughs> bloody tour. La- lazy bastards! Oh, did they? Pull your finger out, lads. Um, yeah, really good. Really, really good. <laughs> Frog Where'd on the floor. he come from? Nobody knows. I lost my tooth again. Yeah, I I quite enjoyed that album. So. And we will then go to our final wrestling awards for the year. Uh, they are the big ones. They are the match of the year, and they are the Lex Luger uh, Total Package Award for the best overall wrestler of the year. What will we do this? Uh, 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 I will go to Joe match first. Uh, match, yeah. Oh, match of the year first. What I got? It's been a great year for, for in ring. I, I, I have to say that. So yeah. I've got. Oh God, I've got ten matches here. Eight. <laughs> uh, sorry, seven of which are four and a half stars or more, and three of which are five stars. And I don't give out the big five right. easily, but I've got some really big ones here. So, mm-hmm. quick honorable mentions to Shingo versus Ishii from Royal Quest Three, which I saw live, which was quite a bit Lovely. boring show to be honest. But that match was an absolute banger. Uh, Orange Cassidy versus Mox from All Out, which was great. Um, yeah. <laughs> the match that I watched most this year. MJF and Adam Cole versus uh, Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara, the dance-off match, which <laughs> was completely stupid, but I absolutely... This was the the peak of the double clothesline. Double clothesline era. And I just thought that was a very... That was like the best of what MJF was trying to do with that whole thing. And then it kind of fell off. Right. But that was, that was when it worked for me. Andrade versus Math- Buddy Matthews ladder match, uh, which I think was on Collision. Oh yeah, and I don't really oh, like Mladen Matches anymore, but that was fucking great. It was insane. Great spots. They killed each other. Andrade did the um what's it called? The Judas effect. The, the real Oh, he's the real his Judas, better effect. Judas effect. Yeah. Um 
Mox versus Swerve, Texas Death Match from Revolution, fantastic. And mm-hmm. uh, sorry, Mox, no, Mox, Mox versus Hangman, Hangman from Revolution, Hangman. but then also Mox, no, not Mox versus Swerve, Hangman versus Swerve uh, from whatever that pay per view was, uh, Dream, Wrestle Dream. That was Revolution, I believe. Yeah. Or Wrestle you, Dream, you know what I mean? Those two Texas Death matches, both absolutely fantastic. Another match, maybe forgotten, FTR versus Bullet Club Gold, two out of three falls match. Oh, collision. Hour yeah. One, yeah. I mean, four and three quarter stars on that. That was fantastic. Oh, sorry, not the hour long one. Yeah, they, they, that, that, they were separate, weren't they? Yeah, two out of three was the, after. Remember, yeah. I'm pretty sure the two out of three falls was the one that I rated highly, but I might have mixed them up. But yeah, they're both excellent. Um, yeah. my, my third place, five star match, but he only gets third. Uh, Brian Danielson versus Ricky Starks strap match. The greatest strap match of all time. Brian Danielson is a fucking yeah. genius. Ricky Starks was hanging in there with him the whole way and, and lived up to it. Absolutely brilliant. And then I think I'm going to have to give a joint match of the year because I haven't been able to separate these Ooh. two. It is Brian Danielson versus MJF in the Iron Man match. And it's Will Ospreay mm-hmm. versus Kenny Omega in the Forbidden Door match. Those, okay. those two good picks, good fantastic picks. matches, and I just can't pick one. So that's my joint match of the year. Wow. I think those are both both good picks. Um, uh, Paul, what is yours? Um, yeah, I I d- didn't keep a, a track or anything during the year, so I was trying to rack my brains. Um, go, I went through all the pay-per-views. Obviously, the, you know, the first half let's say of the collision run had some really great long main events as well mm. those ftr matches in particular were just excellent um i've gone in third place is the uh, mjf danielson uh iron man match mm-hmm. um great match also insofar as how hard it is to do a good mm. iron man match uh they had a banger uh number two will osprey omega from wrestle kingdom which i just preferred to the um, Forbidden Door, but mm. you're split hairs. They're both excellent. And my match of the year, well, to no surprise of anybody, is from WWE WrestleMania 39. And I, I'm not joking. That is that is absolutely true. It's Gunther versus Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre. That is a surprise, but I don't. I I I like it. That's a good pick. In a in in the Hoss match of all Hoss matches, where they just chopped and kicked and slammed each other for fifteen minutes of golden glory, it was absolutely nice. Uh, for my own match of the year here, I'm going to. Uh, I mean, all all the honorable mentions you all mentioned were were fantastic, and your winners. I'll give an honorable mention to Joe versus Punk from Wembley. Um, I thought that was great, um, and uh, I will give. Uh, you know, there was two. My 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 neck and neck. My two my two contenders were were the Texas Death matches of the year. But for my match of the year, I will go with Swerve versus Hangman. Death match, Barry um, rides again. Uh, which I do ride again. You know, uh, I thought I thought it was a great year for for Hangman in those big matches. But uh, I think that one in particular uh, uh, really uh, pipped it for me. And we will segue over, I suppose, then to the Lex Luger Total Package Award for our overall 
wrestler of the year and i'll just keep the momentum going here i'll stick with it myself well do uh, we have do we have the list of previous winners i feel like we should have a new japan style Here's oh on a roll i did i don't i did make a list once but i don't know where i put it i probably saved over it but no me um yeah i mean we've I... had notable winners we've had brian danielson randy Orton, yeah Dolph Ziggler, Rousey. um Ronda Rousey, um, Roman Reigns. Yeah, we've got, I think they've been a, it's been a solid list of, uh, I swear, by the way, at the time, Dolph Ziggler was a, a good pick. You might laugh at that yeah. now, but I promise. Kevin Owens won it. Kevin Owens won it. You know, it's a, it's the overall, it's like, it, it's counting in-ring, promos, presence, character, it's everything, right? Yeah. Uh, it's and so, I mean, and with that summation given, I would say, you know, not too surprising, my pick uh, for this year would be Mr. Swerve Strickland. And we will go to Paul. And this is this is the one award. Keep in mind that we have to have. Oh yes, a, we did a unanimous decision. We got to pick so, one. I've got an honorable mention. Swerve. Okay. I I think he was he was close. I've got an honorable mention. Ooh. Christian Cage as well. Yes, I was going to go him as well. Yeah. I don't know if his match quality is quite there. His matches are very good, granted. Don't get me wrong. For me, it was match frequency is what took him down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And I've even gone, some might say it's a silly thing, but I've, on the strength of the first half of the year, I've even gone MJF. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. But in terms of the the frequency, maybe not match frequency, but frequency of fucking bangers. As well as his, I think his character work has been very, very strong. He doesn't necessarily have an uh, an out there character, but you know, for what he does, yeah, I think he does extremely well. Uh, it's Brian Debry Danielson. I uh, you will never you will never be wrong it's picking Brian. Danielson. The anything. <laughs> I think he's had I think he's had an exceptional year. You know, from start to finish. I mean, during these tough times for AEW, he was <laughs> he was putting the company on his back. He really was. <laughs> Uh, what about you, Joe? Where are we at? Well, honorable mentions to Ricky Starks. I think that's a good year, could have been better, but I think overall, I just great promos and some really good matches this year. Um, for WWE, I'll mm-hmm. say Cody Rhodes. I know I don't watch WWE, but obviously, you hear what's going on. And I, I just think, oh, yeah, constantly he's... hearing about him having these great promos and then the matches as well. Um, Swerve Strickland, honorable mention. I think some really good matches character work has been brilliant well i'm gonna my my award for the total package best wrestler of the year is mr christian cage okay <laughs> so we've got a We're three-way uh, uh, divide here okay the funny thing is i think i think those are almost the three highlights of yeah. aw's year yeah is you have the Swerve on the come up. Swerve to me almost feels similar to MGF of last mm. year, where mm. you feel like he's got all of the the ducks in a row, um, but he just has to take the the next step up and win mm. and win the title, you know, or be on top, have a run on top, let's say, which he hasn't he hasn't quite done yet. Um, but I mean, yeah. Ever since, and I I think Swerve also. Ever since Wrestle Dream has kind of been that already, right? You might you might argue that since Wrestle Dream, he has been a, mm. a top level star. Um, I think it's a tough it's a tough one because Danielson remember. has had the great matches, Cage has had the great character work. 
this is the total package. This is supposed to be overall. This is what we always talk about. It's not just matches, mm. it's overall. And Swerve's had a bit yeah. of both, but I don't think none of them to me stand out as having both promo character and matches. That's the that's why I'm, yeah. okay. I'm struggle to to pick one. So who's the closest, I guess we have to say. Um I mean, Danielson's obviously been in and out with injury as well. Yeah, he did miss all, all in. He did miss all in the fucker. He better be there next year or <laughs> kill him. Um, that being said, Swerve pre Wrestle Dream, you know, I don't say he was he was no mm. good until Wrestle Dream, but like first half of the year was 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 Swerve necessarily there? He he was with. Parker Boudreaux and 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 the other fella for for a little yeah, bit. but I would hold that against him, you know. No, but I mean, in terms of of being total package of the year, yeah, he became that. But for the first half of the year, he was swerving, feuding still with Keith Lee. That match never happened ultimately, and he was mm. kind of. It was really only approaching all in that he kind of came a bit more to prominence, right, with the Mogul Embassy. Um. Which Christian Cage, funnily enough, ended up in, which didn't seem to be originally the idea. Was the original idea that Christian Cage was just not going to be at all in either? That would have been weird. <sighs> right. Who? I, I'm struggling. I don't have a strong feeling either way. I tell you, I, 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 I would be willing to concede on on a on a person. I would be. I, I would. I, well, be I think. Willing... I think a, a way to do it would be if you couldn't vote for your own person. Which of the other two would you go for? Yeah, I and for me, I would go Danielson, and I love mm. Christian Cage with with all of my heart. And I always have; I've always been a Christian guy. I just love him so much. To me, it's 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 Danielson has the volume of matches, but he also has them at yeah. a higher caliber. Yeah. Like it's not just quantity, but and and you know his character stuff isn't as good as Christian's. But I I like the Danielson you know character and and. If you want to also factor in things like like selling his eye as part mm. of that whole character thing he's doing, like carrying that stuff through months of programming, um, you know, I would, I would, I would, I would, I would. And he fired CM Punk as well, so it was good. <laughs> yeah, personally, by face to face, I'm happy to get very happy to go for Brian Danielson, who is the wrestler of the decade, every decade. Let's be honest. Brian Danielson. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if I'd be able to swerve and and Christian. If I if I was to lean one way, I I, I would maybe argue maybe Christian has had a, a more consistent year. I'm surprised but, at that. But, no, to me, because because like as great as Christian is, though, it's like he he doesn't have the matches of, of of Swerve. But we we won't we won't debate that because I think I think if we're I I, I agree, but I think I think Swerve is 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 maybe going to be the shoe in for next year. Possible, yeah, very possible. Or we'd be very disappointed in Mr. Tony Khan if that's not the case. Unless it's Daniel Garcia. Well, that'd be all right, yeah. And uh, yeah, that is uh, that is going to do it then for our awards. Congratulations to Mr. Brian Danielson. Um, we will call that a show, and we will be back next week with another fresh suite of games, movies, albums, wrestling, and whatnot to discuss. I hope and predictions. And predictions, yes. I've got our, our doc as well for our predictions from last year. So I'll be giving out the, the results. 
and we'll be making a fresh slate of predictions for this coming year. So I'm going to have to put my thinking cap on and put those together. But I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you didn't miss us too much. And if you do want to reach out, chairshoppodcast.com is where you can pop us an email and let us know what you thought of 2023 and what your predictions are for 2024. We'd love to get them off you. Uh, so yeah, as always, friends, thank you so much for listening. And uh, we'll be back next week. Until then, it's goodbye from me, Barry. It's goodbye from Joe. Goodbye. That's my fault. Goodbye.